Eight Stages of Spiritual Awakening by Air Atma in Ravi Contents About the Author Preface Introduction Eight Stages of Spiritual Awakening Stage 1 Mumukshu One who yearns for the divine and liberation Stage 2 Jigyasu, one who is seeking to realize the truth. Stage 3. Jnani, a learned one who has accumulated spiritual wisdom. Stage 4. Yogi, one who lives ever united with the Lord. Stage 5. Bhut, one who is enlightened with the truth. Stage 6 Stithpragya One who discriminates with a steady intellect Stage 7 Jeevan Mukta One who is liberated from all suffering Stage 8 Satchitananda Atma An awakened soul who lives in truth consciousness Moksha, Nirvana, Salvation beyond the eight stages of spiritual awakening. Afterward, my journey. Poem. Other books by air. About the author. Started with nothing. Became something. Achieved everything. Only to realize we're nothing. Air. Atma in Ravi is a spiritual mentor transformational author, singer and a philanthropist. He is on a mission to help people discover the way to eternal happiness through enlightenment. Air lived a life of success, fame, fortune and achievement. But that was before he took the road less travelled. He was an iconic entrepreneur who transformed retailing in India only to walk away from the mega retail empire he had created. He shut down his business when he was 40 and started making a difference doing humanitarian, inspirational and spiritual work. Air opened three destitute homes known as Air Humanitarian Homes spread across Bengaluru that today care for over 800 homeless and needy people, their food, clothing, medicines and hospitalization. They are all a part of the Air family. Like anybody else, Air started his life being religious. He built a Shiva temple in 1995. Subsequently, inspired by his guru, he realized that God lives in the temple of our heart and he changed the name of the temple to Shivoham Shiva Temple. Now he doesn't pray to Shiva but prays through Shiva to Sip, the supreme immortal power that is nameless and formless, birthless and deathless, the divine power that is everywhere in everything. His realizations resulted in his own metamorphosis as he realized that we are the soul, the Atma, 
a part of the supreme immortal power. He let go of his given name and called himself Air, Atma in Ravi, which means the soul embodied as Ravi. Air now lives as an instrument of God doing his divine will. On his mission to spread eternal happiness through enlightenment, Air has founded the Air Institute of Realization to reach out to the global community of seekers. He has also established the Air Center of Enlightenment, which is envisaged as an abode of spirituality, especially for seekers who are new in their spiritual journey, eager to learn and explore spirituality and evolve on their path towards enlightenment. Not restricted to seekers of enlightenment, it would also welcome and give various pursuits to those who seek joy, peace, happiness and solace. Based on his realizations, Air has authored over 70 books, composed and sung about 1,400 bhajans and written several blogs, quotes and poems. He conducts spiritual retreats and organizes talks to help people evolve on their spiritual journey. He is a TEDx speaker and is often invited to speak at several organizations, corporates and universities. He conducts daily webinars on Zoom, Facebook and Instagram Live to help people realize the ultimate purpose of life, enlightenment. Air believes that success cannot lead to happiness, only happiness can lead to success. To him, happiness has three peaks, achievement, fulfillment and the ultimate peak, enlightenment, where one is liberated from all misery and sorrow and attains eternal bliss in the consciousness of the truth. Preface What is the use of meditation, concentration, contemplation? It will lead to investigation, discrimination, realization. This will ultimately reward us with liberation and unification. After spending a decade on the path of spirituality and 25 years with my enlightened master and guru, Dada, I realized that there were different stages of spiritual awakening. It was not just a transformation but a metamorphosis. A caterpillar who had been crawling does not start flying like a butterfly overnight. So also, seekers of the truth go through several stages before they reach the state of realization, enlightenment, liberation and ultimately unification with the divine. There is a lot of confusion on the subject of enlightenment with different philosophers, authors and scriptures taking us in different directions. I decided to analyze the stages that we experience in my simple style. In this book, I am explaining what I've personally gone through along with my learnings from the hundreds if not thousands of people whom I conversed 
within the last many years. We have the enlightened master said, I decided to pick and choose, discriminating the myth from the truth, so that this journey can become a meaningful one for those who are truly seeking to be awakened. Till I was 46 years old, I did not even know the meaning of enlightenment. It was my spiritual master who led me on a quest. He saw a divine passion for the Lord in me. He knew that I was seeking something beyond the ordinary, so he triggered a search that created a spark of light within me and I realized the truth. Is everybody fortunate to have an enlightened master? No, not everybody is fortunate enough. Then how can one be spiritually awakened? Enlightenment cannot be achieved with knowledge from a college. It needs realization of the truth. For this, one must overcome ignorance. Many of us are ignorant of our ignorance. We are so enveloped in a blanket of darkness that we live like a frog in a well or like a caveman believing that success is happiness. We are so lost in this material world that we do not even realize that there is a purpose for our existence. To discover the purpose of our life, we must go on a quest and ask questions. 1. Who am I? 2. Why did I come to earth? 3. How did I get this human birth? 4. What will happen in the moment of death? 5. Will I go to a heaven or hell? 6. Who is God? Where is God? What is God? 7. Is reincarnation a reality? 8. Does the law of karma work? 9. What is the soul? Where does it come from? Where does it go? 10. Everybody will die. Death is certain. The body returns to dust. Then who is reincarnated? 11. Why do bad things happen to good people? 12. Will there be a day of judgment? 13. Will I meet God face to face? 14. What is the cause of suffering? 15. Is there a way to eternal happiness? There are so many questions for which we have no answers. We are blind because of our mind. We just live and die because we do not start with the first question, Who am I? Why should there be a spiritual awakening? Many people question the need for this additional complication in life. There are enough things to deal with in our life. Our duties, responsibilities, financial commitments and social obligations. Why add spiritual awakening to the list? 
Little do we realize that enlightenment and being spiritually evolved is the answer to all our problems. The one solution for all miseries in life is spiritual awakening and because we do not realize this, we just cry till we die. We zoom from the womb to the tomb without realizing that we are the divine soul. We believe in the lie that God lives in the sky. We just pray without understanding what we say. When will we start the most important journey of our life and how will we embark on this voyage? Who will guide us on this road that is less travelled? Most of us just follow the herd. We do not have the courage to fly like a bird to ask, investigate and realize the truth. We just believe in the myth that we have grown up with. We are taught by the generations before us that it is blasphemous to question our religion. We continue to believe in what we are taught and in superstitions, rituals and dogmas we are caught. I realize that people are curious about spirituality, but most people think that being spiritual means renouncing the world. One usually thinks, if I wish to pursue enlightenment, I'll have to leave my home and head to the forest. I must leave behind all the pleasures of my life, all the wonderful people that I love and live in seclusion eating leaves from the trees and meditating all 24 hours of the day. Unfortunately, we have been wrongly programmed about spirituality. The truth is that spirituality is the science of the spirit. It is the systematic study and understanding of the truth about life. Because we do not start the journey, we get nowhere. We live life going round and round in the merry-go-round of pleasure and pain, sun and rain, loss and gain, again and again. We live, we die, and we are reborn, and this goes on and on. We do not question, why do people say R.I.P. or rest in peace when somebody dies? We cremate or bury the body ourselves, but believe, as if by magic, that the deceased would have gone to a distant heaven or hell. Who has gone? Where have they gone and how did they go there? When we are spiritually awakened, we realize the truth as we overcome ignorance. We get answers to all these questions not only from rational thinking but also through inference. For centuries, when an apple fell on somebody's head, all they said was, ouch. But Newton questioned why. Why did the apple fall on his head? Why did it not fly up in the sky? That question led the world to believe in the law of gravity. It was not by proof but by inference. Soon, scientists will believe in the law of spirituality. At this point in time, the Nobel Prize for Physics in 2022 
has been jointly given to three physicists for their work in quantum physics and quantum mechanics. This branch of science examines the wave-particle duality, how a particle of matter gets transformed into a wave of energy and vice versa. This study is based on the law of thermodynamics which states energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It can only be transformed from one form to another. Today, science is slowly awakening to the spiritual truths that the wise sages and saints realized centuries ago. The spiritual awakening of the ancient world is now dawning upon scientists in the modern world. They accept that over 90% of the universe is filled with an unknown energy. Enlightened sages have realized what this energy is. It is the supreme immortal power, SIP. These sages went through the stages of awakening. It was not by magic that they were enlightened. It took them a lot of effort, meditation, concentration, contemplation, investigation and discrimination which in turn led to realization and ultimately liberation and unification with the Divine. All this seems so complicated but can be easily understood through the eight stages of spiritual awakening. The mystery of enlightenment can be solved if one walks on the path climbing each step of the enlightenment journey. Of course, those who take the help of a guru, an enlightened spiritual master, may make more progress than those who get zapped with available information, not just in innumerable books but also so countless websites, blogs, ebooks, audios and videos on the internet. What is wrong? What is right? What is black? And what is white can be found out only through focused discrimination. We must tame our monkey mind and make it into a monk. We must eliminate all the junk. We must let go of pleasure and evolve to a life of peace and ultimately discover the purpose of life. If we are only scaling the peaks of achievement, going from peak to peak, thinking that success will create money, that will create pleasure, we will never reach the peak of fulfillment that comes from contentment. We will never know that the third and ultimate peak of happiness is enlightenment, which is revealed when we discover the purpose of our existence which happens through spiritual awakening. Are you ready to start the most important journey of your life? The roadmap is in your hands. You must take the first step, but if you're not interested like most of this world, then this opportunity will slip by. You will just live and die. You must stop now and question, who decided my birth? When did I actually come to earth? Is the birth date on my birth certificate real or fake? Was I not conceived nine months before my birth date? 
Am I not that spark of unique life, the soul that gives life to the zygote? If you ask these questions, you will start your spiritual journey. One day, this body will die and people will say that I passed away. Where will I go after my death? If you just contemplate birth and death, if you just seek the truth and yearn for a purpose or for the divine or for happiness, any of these will trigger that spark that will take you forward on the journey of spiritual awakening. Then you will evolve from stage 1 to stage 2, then towards the 8 stages till you are enlightened with the truth. What will spiritual awakening give you? It will lead you to a life of eternal happiness, divine love and everlasting peace. If you continue to live with your realizations, you may be enlightened with the truth. Then at death, you will attain freedom from the cycle of death and rebirth and attain unification with the Divine. Introduction Most of us just live and die. We don't realize the truth of who am I? What is the purpose of this human birth? Why and how did I come to this earth? Those who seek the ultimate truth, they go on a quest to the bottom of the root. They go from achievement to enlightenment, peak by peak. But only a very few, those who truly seek. What is spiritual awakening? What are the eight stages of spiritual awakening? The world talks a lot about being enlightened and attaining nirvana or moksha. But little do we understand what these actually mean and how we can attain them. Many people think that all this is just a fairy tale and yet there are scores who do not even want to ponder on the subject. They question, how does it matter who I am? and why I am here. For them, the motto of life is, let us just have fun till life is done. And then, there are a few who will pick a book on this subject and pursue the path. But these are a rare few because the majority are prisoners of pleasures, possessions and people. They just live and die. They do not even live. They just exist. They think that life is meant to enjoy the pleasures of this world, but they do not realize that these pleasures are consuming them and will be ultimately making them miserable. Why should one be awakened? Is it even possible to be enlightened? Yes, it is possible. The state of spiritual awakening or enlightenment has great benefits. Not only does it liberate us from the triple suffering on earth, but also from the cycle of death and rebirth. We all experience misery and sorrow. We suffer pain of the body, misery of the mind and agony of the ego. Who does not experience fear, worry, stress, anxiety, regret, shame, guilt, or depression. 
who does not burn in anger, hate, revenge or jealousy. We all experience these along with aches and pains of the body that we go through due to so many diseases. We just cry and ask, why do we suffer? Do we even realize that everything is happening as per karma, the universal law? What is karma? The word karma in itself means action. However, when the world talks of karma, it is referring to the law of action and reaction. It is a universal law and thus nobody can escape this law. It controls our birth and our death just as it controls our smile and misery in every breath. Just like the seeds that we plant decide the fruits on the tree, the deeds we do decide our destiny. Therefore, we must understand karma to understand why we came to earth and what is the purpose of this human birth. We could have been born as a dog or a frog or we may return as butterfly, a bee or a tree. We desist from such contemplation but just being ignorant of it does not mean that we can escape this law. The fact is that the body will die. Nobody denies death. Is it not true that birth will continue to happen? And finally, there are not laws that are governing this universe. Laws like gravity that ensures our feet to be on the street or the law of cycles that makes the earth rotate on its axis once in 24 hours and revolve around the sun causing seasons? Whether it is a day or night, pleasure or pain, loss or gain, all these does not happen by magic. They happen by divine logic. To understand this, we human beings need enlightenment. We need spiritual awakening. To be spiritually awakened, one must start a quest. One must contemplate karma, death and birth. Only then would they start their spiritual journey. After starting the journey, one evolves on the several stages that will lead to what is known as self-realization and beyond. If one does not start their journey, then they will be in a slumber in this material world and will just sleep and weep through life, suffering the triple suffering of the body, mind and ego. Ultimately, we all need to be awakened. We must be enlightened with the truth. Imagine living life without light. Imagine that there is no sunshine and we live in darkness 24 hours a day. Imagine that there is no electricity and when you enter your home, you can see nothing. Not only that, but there is no light that comes from a candle or fire. There is complete darkness. How would life be? While we understand the importance of light in our life, little do we realize that our inner life is full of darkness. We are enveloped in the darkness of ignorance and our inner light has not been lit. That is, we have not been awakened, not just in this life, 
but in several lifetimes. We live in ignorance and we die without realizing that nobody can escape from their actions. These actions or karma are not only responsible for what unfolds on earth, they are also responsible for our death and rebirth. If we live without being enlightened, we will not only suffer pain but we will be reborn again and again. We need spiritual awakening. We need the light within that will make us enlightened. Unfortunately, we do not realize that we must start an inner voyage to realize the truth about life. We have nine doors in our body. They are all looking outwards. Two doors of the eyes, two openings of the ears, two nostrils and a mouth. These seven doors along with the door of excretion and the door for procreation make the nine doors in our body. All these nine doors are looking at the world outside. Unless we open the tenth door, the spiritual door that looks inwards, we will remain in darkness. This is enlightenment. This is spiritual awakening. This is realizing who am I and why am I here? We all think I am I. We have a name, family, nationality, religion, occupation, ID card and several other marks of identification that define who we are. Little do we realize I am not I. I am not John. I was not John when I was born. My name is just an identity that is given to me after my birth. The birth date that is on my birth certificate is fake. I was born nine months before that date when I was conceived as a single-celled zygote. If the two cells of my parents did not fertilize to create a life, there would have been no cells multiplying from two to four, four to eight, till finally they could create a 25 billion celled baby in my form. Life came inside me in that moment of fertilization and conception. One day, this life will depart and it will cause death. There will be no breath. People will say that I passed away. Although the one who is declared dead would be right there lying on the bed. So unless we contemplate who am I in reality, we will never reach the state of spiritual awakening. We all know this is the truth, but we do not realize it. We need realization to be enlightened or awakened. Otherwise, we will never realize that we are not the body that dies. While we have a body and it seems like we have a mind which along with the ego becomes me, the mind and ego, we need to be awakened to realize that we are neither the body nor the mind and ego me. If we were the body, then 
our loved ones would not destroy it by cremating or burying it after its death. What is the moment of death? It is when we lose our breath and then people say that we passed away. Who passed away and why? Where did the deceased go and what happens thereafter? All this cannot be understood by knowledge that we acquire in a college. All this needs enlightenment. It needs realization of the truth that comes from spiritual awakening. Spiritual awakening is a boon that is graced upon those who truly seek it, who love God and want to realize God, who are seeking the ultimate purpose of life and who want to reach the state of eternal bliss and peace. Unless there is a deep yearning and seeking, one cannot be spiritually awakened. Are these the only attributes for spiritual awakening? No. These are just the basic steps to start. There are eight stages of spiritual awakening, but unless we have a spiritual mentor, a guru or a spiritual master, we will keep on going round and round in circles without realizing the truth. Life is short. A human being has a lifespan of about 100 years and the global average life expectancy today is less than 75 years. This means that an average human being will die before they reach the age of 75. In some continents, life expectancy is approximately 50 years because of poor living conditions, but in medically advanced societies, life expectancy goes up to 90 years of age. Still, Nobody can live forever. Death is certain, but what happens after death? Is death the end? No, death is just a bend. Our body dies, but our karma remains. The account of our good and bad deeds is carried forward by me, the mind and ego, to another birth on earth. How can we realize this? We need an enlightened master, a guru, who can lead us through the eight stages of spiritual awakening. Without a spiritual guide, it will be like a driving in an unknown country without directions. We need GPS, a Guru's powerful signal. This GPS can lead us to a state of enlightenment or spiritual awakening. Are you ready to start the journey of spirituality? Most of us are caught in the kindergarten of religion. We learn the ABC of God. We learn to pray, but we do not evolve and graduate to the university of spirituality. Does any of us remain in kindergarten all our life? Of course not. We move from kindergarten to school and further up. But unfortunately, while all religions are good, they imprison us in beliefs and doctrines that stop us from self-realization and God-realization. Whether we are seeking God or the ultimate happiness or even the purpose of our life, we need a guru to help us evolve and reach the ultimate peak of enlightenment. What are these eight stages of spiritual awakening? In this book, 
we will go through each stage one by one it is up to the seeker of enlightenment to take the help of a guru and be awakened it is very easy to slip and fall as our mind will make us blind our mind does not want us to realize the truth and along with the ego it does not let us be free from the mind and ego me it does not let us see the truth and be who we are meant to be the moment we question our death the moment we question our birth we have already started our journey of awakening understanding karma is the key that will open the door to the light within towards enlightenment however this is just the beginning it is important to go through the spiritual voyage stage by stage if one does not yearn for the divine and liberation then they are not qualified for the spiritual journey it is said that a true seeker must pass through the four doors that will lead to the ultimate destination of enlightenment discrimination dispassion discipline and desire for liberation but there is more only a rare minority will let go of the pleasures of the material world to enjoy the ecstasy of the spiritual world these seekers of the truth will pass through the eight stages that are in this book they will realize that they are not the body mind and ego they are the divine soul the spark of unique life the energy that keeps throbbing from birth to death the realization that we are the soul helps us achieve a life goal the soul comes from sip the supreme immortal power that we call god to realize this let us move forward in the journey of the eight stages of spiritual awakening if we are sincere in our intentions and our efforts then with the guidance of a guru and the grace of god we will be awakened we will be enlightened eight stages of spiritual awakening the spiritual journey has eight stages it is the same for all ages one who is free from the prison of wages one who escapes from all life's mazes he is liberated from this world's cages but only if he passes through these eight phases what are the eight stages of spiritual awakening when one is ready to go on a quest that is just the beginning of the journey of enlightenment just wishing to be awakened will not give enlightenment for enlightenment is all about a sincere pursuit of overcoming ignorance and realizing the truth in the introduction we have covered the basic road map that will start the awakening journey however the journey itself needs to evolve through eight specific stages thereafter we live in complete surrender we can go beyond the eight stages too but very few people maybe one in a million 
reach that state of spiritual evolution, a complete metamorphosis. This book will talk about each stage separately. Each stage has a chapter devoted to it, so that we can get into the nuts and bolts of passing that stage and moving on forward, onward, inward, upward and Godward. Before jumping into the book, stage by stage, let us review each stage in a summary so that we know where we are heading in this journey. Remember, this journey is the most blissful journey, but it is like cooking. Unless we complete cooking the meal, we cannot eat and enjoy it. Every stage will give us some peace and bliss, but the ultimate happiness comes when we reach the pinnacle or the peak after crossing all eight stages. So, let us start reviewing the eight stages of spiritual awakening. The first stage is Mumukshu. A Mumukshu is one who yearns for the divine and liberation. We all want to be happy. We seek pleasure and we do not want pain. Most of us pray to God but our passion is not strong enough either to attain the ultimate peak of happiness or to pass through self-realization and God-realization. To be spiritually awakened, one must not just desire God, but yearn deeply for God. It is said that the Mumukshu develops a triple yearning for the Divine, a yearning that is more than a miser's yearning for gold, more than a lover's love for his beloved, and more intense than a crying child's pain for its mother whom it has just lost. Unless we develop the triple yearning, we cannot reach the state of Mumukshutva. Most of us are passionate and obsessed, but it is not for God. We are attached to possessions, pleasures and people. So, we just live and die. We believe the lie that God lives in the sky. We chase achievement and success to be happy. Our life remains a roller coaster of pleasure and pain and loss and gain. Unless we are Mumukshu, one who deeply yearns for the divine, and one who makes liberation his only priority, even if we go on a quest, our quest will not be intense. We will acquire knowledge from college, different books and sources, but we will not realize the truth. We will not be spiritually awakened. This is the first stage of spiritual awakening and we will go through it in detail. We will investigate what stops us from seeking God and from being liberated. The second stage of spiritual awakening is Jigyasu. It is when one is deep in the quest to realize the truth. It is seeking knowledge and spending time with the spiritual master, a guru, to overcome ignorance. Unless one has a Jigyasa, or the thirst for enlightenment, 
one will not be spiritually awakened. Therefore, both Mumukshu and Jigyasu are like two pillars, like our two feet on which we stand. When we are seeking the truth, we start to question everything. We do not accept the myth that we have grown up with. We do not just follow the herd. We set aside questions for which we seek answers and nothing can stop us if we have a combined force of yearning and seeking. It is with Mumukshutva and Jigyasa that one can cross the two stages and reach the third. And because these two stages are not easy, less than one in hundred seek spiritual awakening. So, these become the basic stages before one starts becoming enlightened. The third stage of spiritual awakening is Jnani, when one has accumulated a lot of knowledge. Some of this knowledge has become realization. There is a lot of difference between the two. The person who goes through the third stage does not just read and understand what is in a book, but goes through the process of contemplation and realization. One does not reach that state of enlightenment because one must still work through the stages. Without the third stage of becoming a jnani, one will be imprisoned in the lies. Most of us remain fools, even though we have been to the biggest or the best of schools because we have not put our belief to test. We have not advanced in our quest. If there is a deep yearning and seeking, one will succeed in the third stage and become a jnani, the wise one. However, it is very difficult to pass this stage without the help of an enlightened guru, a spiritual master. Unfortunately, our mind makes us blind. Because in thought we are caught, we have many a knot and we get locked in ignorance. We even believe that it is blasphemous to question our religion. So, our life becomes full of superstitions, rituals and dogmas. In the third stage, one reaches the launch pad of spiritual awakening. Now, they have enough tools to take the spiritual leap. However, without these three stages, we will be weak in our efforts for enlightenment. Many people think they are a jnani. What they do not realize is that they have not overcome ignorance. They have not opened their real eyes. Therefore, they live with their proud ego, thinking that they know everything when in reality they know nothing. Most of the world lacks the yearning and the seeking to make them a jnani. But once we realize the truth, even if in small bits, we are ready to be awakened. If we want to be spiritually awakened, we must evolve to the fourth stage of living life like a yogi, one who lives in yoga. Such a yogi is ever connected with the divine. Unfortunately, even though the whole world is fascinated by the yoga, the majority do not understand what it means. We think that yoga is just about some physical exercises, 
the asanas or it involves breathing techniques the pranayama the asanas and pranayama are just preliminary steps of yoga and the one who thinks i am doing yoga does not realize that we cannot do yoga we have to be in yoga the world is full of yoga studios and institutes teaching what is said to be yoga when these are nothing more than gymnasiums people who are doing yoga have jumped into the fourth stage without going through the first three stages of awakening therefore their yoga cannot lead them to spiritual awakening one must live as a yogi and this means that one must not sink in bhoga or the desires of the material world one must elevate themselves to live in yoga one must be free from the thoughts of the mind and live in consciousness ever united with the supreme this stage will be covered in detail so that we can understand and realize what it is to be a true yogi the fifth stage of spiritual awakening is buddh being enlightened being awakened people think that buddh is the ultimate or final stage but it is not the final stage will a doctor who has finished his theory exams be allowed to perform a heart or brain surgery no that would be a disaster medical science ensures practical tests before one is certified we may reach the fifth stage or buddh and we may have realized the truth about life but it is just the beginning of being awakened spiritual awakening has two sparks the first spark is reaching the fifth stage of buddh this stage is commonly known as self realization now one must get into the subject more intensively as in this stage there is an essential need for a spiritual master or a guru when one experiences the second spark that i am not the body mind and ego i am the divine soul it is time to even more intensely yearn and seek till one evolves from that state of realization to liberation the sixth stage of spiritual awakening is beyond self realization it is the stage of being a stit pragya self realization is when one has realized who i truly am but unless one transcends their mind and ego me one will not flip over to that state of consciousness in which the intellect is activated we human beings are the only ones who are blessed with an intellect only a human being can discriminate and realize the truth but every time we use our intellect the mind will intercept us and stop us from going to the stage beyond self realization therefore we must live as a stit pragya one who lives with a steady intellect and who is no more a slave of the mind rather a master when a mumukshu becomes a jigyasu and then a gyani who lives as a yogi then he can become a buddh without passing through these stages one cannot arrive at the sixth stage of being a stit pragya 
The seventh stage is popularly known as mukti or freedom. People presume that with spiritual knowledge they will be liberated and attain God, but this is a myth. Unless we live in that state of birth, one who has realized the truth with a steady intellect, being a stick pragya, we cannot attain jivan mukti or liberation. The seventh stage is that of a jivan mukta, one who has successfully attained enlightenment and is awakened. Now they face the final test. Are they going to live as the divine soul or will they let their mind take control and make them think, blink and sink? We know of many wise saints who speak with a lot of wisdom but their actions do not match up to their being enlightened beings. Either they are slaves of intoxicants, drugs and the likes or they are trapped in their ego which makes them believe that they are God and they try to perform magic to keep their followers spellbound. Such people may have attained realization but surely they will not go beyond the five stages of spiritual awakening. A truly awakened being will be free and liberated from the body, mind and ego, living as a Jeevan Mukta and will climb the ultimate step of spiritual awakening. The eighth and ultimate step of spiritual awakening is living as a Satchitananda Atma, a liberated soul living in eternal bliss that comes from the consciousness of the truth. The Satchitananda Atma cannot slip back into the material world in most cases. But even a person who has evolved to this eighth stage needs to live as a divine soul to achieve the ultimate goal of liberation from this world and unification with the divine. The world understands this state as moksha, nirvana or salvation. One can reach this state only in the moment of death of the body. Therefore, it is not part of eight stages of spiritual awakening. However, if one has sincerely passed through the eight stages, who is genuinely realized as a Buddha and is free from the clutches of the body, mind and ego and living as Jeevan Mukta, such a soul who lives as a Satchitananda Atma can become one with the Divine. What is the assurance that one must go through these eight stages to achieve that state of moksha, nirvana or salvation? A non-believer will ask this question and he will be caught in the thoughts of his mind. He will just live and die. He will not even find out who am I. Only those who are real seekers and truly yearn for the divine are blessed to discover the true purpose of life. It needs faith in the beginning, but it is not blind belief. Spirituality is the science of the spirit. It is the systematic study of who I am not to realize who I am. If one does not go through these eight stages, he will remain a prisoner or a puppet. He will not only suffer the triple suffering on earth, but will return in a rebirth only to suffer again and again. 
it is a choice if we want to be blissful in our ignorance we can but if we are mumukshu and a jigyasu the one who yearns and seeks the ultimate purpose of life we will become a gyani a yogi a buddh a sthitpragya a jivanmukta and ultimately a satchitananda atma most of us think that we have a soul very few realize that we are the soul the majority of us pray to god but only a small minority realize that we are a manifestation of god these are the ones who painstakingly cross the eight stages of spiritual awakening they live as the divine soul and achieve the ultimate goal of life not only do they reach the state of eternal bliss but they also enjoy divine love and everlasting peace they are free from all misery and sorrow if we want to reach that state we must start the spiritual journey today not tomorrow stage 1 mumukshu one who yearns for the divine and liberation do you have a deep longing for god do you love the world or do you love your lord if you desire wealth money and god then you will acquire these and soon be old then you will die and be reborn and this cycle goes on and on but being a mumukshu will lead you to being enlightened you will become one with god as you are awakened spiritual awakening is the most unique treasure of life it is more exotic than the rarest of the fruits and flowers known to man it is extremely rare and difficult to find to reach this state of enlightenment one must be a mumukshu one who yearns for the divine and liberation unless one is completely passionate about god they will not reach the ultimate state of nirvana moksha or salvation the ancient sages called it mumukshutva or a deep love and longing for god most of us yearn for the material pleasures of samsara this material world we seek to fulfill our sensory passions and experience momentary pleasures then we live like a yoyo experiencing pleasure and pain loss and gain we live and die but do not get to the roof of who am i this realization of the self is the key result of mumukshutva death is certain every body has to die one day so is this life a meaningless journey what is the purpose of human existence no doubt that everybody wants to be happy but are we all truly happy we think that the pleasure is happiness and thus struggle to find peace the very foundation of bliss even if we find peace we suffer the triple suffering of the body mind and ego those who are in quest of the ultimate happiness evolve to the state of enlightenment as they realize that 
discovering the true purpose of life will not only give them peace and bliss but will also reveal the purpose of human existence it is this realization the purpose that is revealed that liberates us from the triple suffering of the body mind and ego but to discover this purpose that leads to eternal happiness one must have a yearning for the divine and liberation from this illusory world today the world is full of material pleasures there are so many attractions that distract us from our ultimate purpose we forget the very essence of who we are and why we are here therefore we seek money wealth name fame pleasures and possessions we forget the true treasure of life many of us forget god unless confronted by some serious problems in life prayer has lost its significance for many in the modern world in the ancient days man was more god fearing he used to fear the wrath of rains hurricanes droughts and diseases man would submit to the universal power and pray to god to save him from problems and miseries today man has become overconfident he questions the existence of god we are becoming more and more distant from our creator therefore loving god and praying is losing significance there are some who are still devotees but it is a very small percentage of the population how many people have a deep love and longing for the divine do you know of anybody unlikely we are so caught up in our mobile phones laptops technology and gadgets that our life is consumed even before we realize it many of us grow up following a religion but because of technology and efficient modes of communication we question the existence of a personal god many among us us has become atheists and agnostics as we ridicule the dogmas rituals fairy tales and superstitions that we are told all the time all these only distance god further from us however there are a few who stop and ponder what is the purpose of my existence why did i come to earth what is the purpose of this human birth such people very few among us us build a connection with god they realize that there is a power that not only created this earth and universe but also governs it how could such a stupendous world not have a supreme power some of us pray to a personal god with blind faith and some of us pray to supreme creator who has no name or form those who accept god in whatever form are the ones who qualify to have mukshatwa some people live in fear of god when they see tragedies and diseases they pray to god lest they be subjected to such horrors they do not develop mukshatwa to them god can become angry and inflict misery and pain but some believers love god 
not out of fear but out of faith they grow into being a mukshu and they are the ones who can ultimately be enlightened if one does not believe in god and does not pray where is the possibility of mumukshutva firstly one must accept that god exists acceptance is just the first step then one starts to pray what is prayer prayer is a communication with god it is not just talking to god but more importantly listening to god if prayers are just a desperate calling to the supreme power to save us from problems they are shallow so are prayers that are only meant for god to fulfill our dreams when prayers evolve to become a way of connecting with the divine they lead to mumukshutva this happens when belief and prayer lead to faith or full assurance in the heart we eliminate all doubts and live with hope or having only positive expectations this leads to trust or total reliance and unconditional surrender to the almighty one who lives with faith hope and trust lives with enthusiasm enthusiasm comes from greek word entheos which means in god if we believe in god have faith in god and live with hope and trust we are enthusiastic we will live without fear and worry because we believe that we have the backing of supreme power is this mumukshutva no it is not but it is the basis of which a mumukshu starts his journey one who believes in god and lives with enthusiasm starts to love god beyond anything else he develops a deep longing a deep yearning to realize god what happens next when we love god we either become a bhakta a devotee who is madly in love with god or we become a mumukshu one who not only yearns and longs for god but goes on a quest seeking god a bhakta believes in the light that god lives in the sky he prays with devotion and hopes that he will get a divine vision of the lord a bhakta believes that one day he will go to heaven where he will come face to face with god a mumukshu is different his love for god leads him to a search for god his longing for the divine opens the door to god realization he starts questioning who is god where is god what is god he questions no doubting the existence of a creator but yearning for god such a mumukshu thereafter becomes a jigyasu and evolves in the journey of spiritual awakening what is the distinct difference between a bhakta and a mumukshu both love god and seek god but a bhakta has blind faith he follows his religion and its scriptures whereas a mumukshu really wants god he goes in a quest and finally realizes god it is most unfortunate that religions stop bhaktas from realizing god 
while all religions are good and they teach people to pray to God, it is unfortunate that people believe that their God, their religion and their scriptures are superior to other religions. Thus, they develop an ego that distances them from God. A mumukshu is different. Even though it is considered blasphemous, he questions his religion and scripture. He evolves from the kindergarten of religion to the university of spirituality. In the beginning, he needs religion to build a foundation for his spiritual journey. But then, let's go of his religion to realize God. A mumukshu is like a player in a pole vault challenge. To cross the target of God-realization, he needs religion, just like one needs a pole as a support to jump over the six-meter high target in a game of pole vault. To jump over, one has to let go of the pole. So, the Mumukshu lets go of religion and with the help of spirituality, realizes God. A Bhakta sticks to his religion. He is so engrossed with his God, with a name and a form, that he falls in love with an illusory God. He unfortunately believes that his God is supreme. His God is in heaven somewhere far away and his God controls his destiny. A Mumukshu goes beyond any God with a name and form. He realizes that God is not made of bone and skin. God is a power that lives within. How can we be a Mumukshu? How is it possible to live with Mumukshutva? We must develop a love and longing for God, which is intense and passionate. Our passion for God should become an obsession. God should not just be a priority, but the only priority and goal of our life. It is this passion and obsession that will lead a genuine mumukshu towards liberation. However, this calls for complete love and longing for the Divine. There should be nothing else that comes in our way, neither success and achievement, nor pleasures, possessions and people. If we are caught in a maze and become distant from God, we cannot be a true mumukshu. It is explained very appropriately that a real mumukshu has a deep love and longing for the Divine that is far more than the longing and love that a miser has for gold. The yearning and love for a mumukshu are much beyond what a lover can have for his beloved. And it is even more than the yearning that a child has when it loses its mother. A mumukshu is said to have this triple yearning for God. It is not only we have such deep yearning that we let go of the material world and embark on the spiritual journey of awakening. Is yearning and longing for God enough to attain liberation and divine unification? It is good to start with, but a mumukshu realizes that he has to be liberated from this material world to attain the state of moksha, salvation or nirvana. Therefore, his longings is not just for God 
but also for liberation from this world. It is Mumukshutva that leads his yearning to discover the true meaning of karma. He starts by doing good karma, but then realizes that to be liberated, he needs to be free from karma. So he goes on a quest to seek a way to be free. A Mumukshu takes the help of a guru or a spiritual master who can guide him towards realizing God. The more important aspect of Mumukshutva is building a deep connection with God. While seeking and longing for God, a Mumukshu cries in entreaty for the Lord to reveal Himself. It is this deep love and longing for Mumukshutva that leads him towards God-realization. The rest of us just live and die and then we are reborn and this cycle of death and rebirth goes on and on. A Mumukshu seeks liberation from the cycle of rebirth as he frees himself from all desires of the material world. His love for God liberates him from all attachments that may have kept him bound to the ground. He lives his life with just one mission, to be united with the Divine. Therefore, a Mumukshu evolves in the journey of enlightenment. Most people are so caught in this world of pleasures that it is rare to find a Mumukshu. We are busy enjoying delicious food and exotic drinks. We are caught up in buying clothes and accessories for the body which we are not. We are trapped in electronic gadgets that fill the shelves of shopping malls. We forget God. There are way too many distractions in today's world, but a Mumukshu is free from all these attractions. His focus and priority are clear. He seeks God. He seeks liberation and nothing else. While others are enamored by the pleasures of the world and say, I love pizza and I love chocolate, a Mumukshu only loves God. He lets go of the ephemeral pleasures of life and seeks the divine. People reading this will wonder, should a Mumukshu renounce this world to attain God? Of course not. A Mumukshu accepts all the pleasures of this world as a prasadam or a gift from divine, but he does not get trapped in desiring these. He enjoys the world just like anybody else, but this love and longing are only for God and because he seeks God so genuinely, he stays away from anything that will distance him from God. He does not become a prisoner of pleasures, possessions and people. While the world gets ecstatic with intoxicants, he has a greater intoxication because of his love for the Divine and this is unknown to the common man. A Mumukshu enjoys a life of deep peace and divine bliss. His love for God manifests as love for all of God's creations. A Mumukshu lives like God, as God and for God. He becomes the divine instrument as he evolves towards enlightenment. Is it easy to be a Mumukshu? It is not difficult. If one truly wants to realize God and wants to be liberated from this world of suffering, then he can choose to live in Mumukshutva. For this, one must transcend the mind that makes us blind. 
he must flip over from mind to consciousness. He must experience the divine presence in one and all. One's love and longing for God must liberate him from sinking in the quicksand of this material world. He would then be liberated to realize God. Are we ready to be a mumukshu? Do we really want to love God beyond anything else? Is our longing for liberation so sincere that it frees us from all attachments of this material world? If yes, then we qualify for the journey of mumukshutva. After reading this text, do not look around to find a mumukshu. They are rare to find. If you have a deep love and yearning for God, start your quest for God. However, God cannot be found. God must be realized and God-realization will come after self-realization. This will happen when Mumukshutva will open the door to seeking God and you become a Jigyasu. But first, you must be Mumukshu. Blessed is a Mumukshu, for he is the one who realizes God. Fortunate is he who can live with Mumukshutva because not only will he be liberated from all suffering on earth, but he will also be liberated from the cycle of death and rebirth and be united with God. When we love God so much and long for the Divine, we will be blessed to live as a yogi, one who is ever united with God. This will also happen when we are free from bhoga or the desires of the material world. A mumukshu loves God so much that he is free from bhoga. His longing for the divine liberates him from all desires as he lives with a single-pointed focus on attaining God and liberation. The power of mumukshutva is so strong that it helps us realize God. Stage 2 Jigyasu One who is seeking to realize the truth. Jigyasu is all about seeking the truth. A Jigyasu gets to the bottom of the root. Am I the body, the ego or am I the mind? The seeker doesn't stop until the truth he does find. He realizes that everything is controlled by karma. He overcomes all trauma and realizes that life is a drama. Seeking the truth, he also seeks the Lord. A true Jigyasu becomes one with God. To be spiritually awakened, one must be passionate to realize the truth about life. One must seek answers that reveal the facts of our basic existence. 1. Who am I in reality? 2. Where did I come from? 3. Where will I go after death? 4. What is the purpose of my existence? There are many more questions that need answers. Enlightenment is nothing but switching on the light within to overcome the darkness that hides the truth. One may or may not be a mumukshu or the one who yearns for God and liberation, but still, one can start seeking answers to understand the purpose of our existence. However, without mumukshutva, 
Our yearning will not take us to our ultimate destination of liberation from this world and unification with the Divine. Therefore, being a Jigyasu or one who is seeking the truth, seeking answers, is considered to be in the second stage, even though it may be the first stage for a few. When one is only seeking wisdom, he may or may not achieve it, but when the seeking is inspired by faith and love for the Divine, then it will take us to the next or the third stage of awakening. What exactly does a Jigyasu do? Unlike the common man, a Jigyasu does not just exist. He does not just live till he dies. He tries to find out, who am I? Am I this body that will ultimately return to dust in that moment of death? People will say that I passed away. A Jigyasu questions, who passed away? Where does the deceased go? A Jigyasu does not just follow the herd. He flies like a bird to explore, ask, investigate and realize the truth. He sees for himself how the loved ones of a deceased cremate or bury the person's dead body. So he questions, if I were that body, would my loved ones destroy me? If I were asleep, would anybody dare put me into a coffin? This journey of seeking the answers leads a Jigyasu to startling revelations. He becomes absolutely sure that he is not this body. Then he contemplates birth. Who caused me to come to earth? No doubt it were my parents and the act of copulation that led to the fertilization and my birth. But did my parents actually create the moment of conception? We all learn in school how this body is created from a zygote when one cell splits into two, two cells split to become four and four cells become eight cells till we are ultimately delivered as a little baby which has over 25 billion cells. A Jigyasu marvels at how the zygote becomes the embryo but this ultimate goal is seeking the truth. He questions, how was I conceived? But there is no one to give him an answer. For a Jigyasu to evolve to the next stage, he needs the help of a guru or a spiritual master. Who is a guru? A guru is one who can take us from gu to ru, from darkness to light. A guru is an enlightened master, a spiritual sage who is much more than just a teacher or a mentor. A guru is one who has personally experienced the moment of awakening or enlightenment. Such a person is rare to find, but without a guru, it is very difficult for a Jigyasu or a Mumukshu to reach the ultimate state of enlightenment. Even if one prides themselves that they have a lot of knowledge from many a college or they educated with several theologies, philosophies and scriptures, enlightenment cannot be attained by mere knowledge. It needs realization. Realization of the truth happens when we open our real eyes, overcome the myth and realize the truth. Without a guru, 
it is practically impossible to achieve this. When a Jigyasu realizes, I am not this body, he does not stop at that. He questions whether he is the mind. What is the mind he tries to find? Despite all efforts, he is unable to locate his mind. With the help of his guru, he realizes that the mind is nothing but a bundle of thoughts. It appears when there are many thoughts. But when the Jigyasu sits in meditation and contemplation, he transcends the mind. He goes beyond the mind state. It is with the help of a guru that Jigyasu realizes that the mind is our biggest enemy. He realizes that it is the mind that causes misery and sorrow. The mind creates stress, worry, fear and anxiety just as it makes us live in regret, shame and guilt. Then, how can I be the mind which makes me blind? The Jigyasu questions. He then asks, am I the ego? It is the ego that constantly says, I, me and mine. But what is this ego? He seeks answers. Then he realizes that the ego is a false identity. At this stage, the Jigyasu is lost. He learns that it is because of the ego that he lives with anger, hate, revenge and jealousy. The mind and ego become me and the me creates karma that binds him to the world. But he is so perplexed and flabbergasted that he does not know how to move forward. He declares, I am not the body, the mind and the ego, but I am. I exist, so who am I? Do people go on such a quest? Even the voyages of the world have discovered countries and continents by travelling through high seas. But the greatest of all explorers is one who goes on an inner voyage to explore his true self. It is the most difficult journey to embark upon. Unless one starts such a journey and has a deep yearning and persistent seeking, one cannot move forward. Just like Christopher Columbus, who has wanted to find India and instead landed in the West Indies and thought that he had discovered India and accomplished his mission, many seekers who are not focused accept wrong conclusions in their journey of enlightenment. Unless we realize the truth, this journey is not complete. One out of every hundred people will start such a journey of mumukshutva or yearning and progress to that of jigyasa or seeking. Out of this one percent, barely one percent will realize the truth. Therefore, less than one in 10,000 people will be blessed to go beyond the first few stages of spiritual awakening. How then does the Jigyasu proceed in being enlightened? He is absolutely sure that he is not the body that will die. He has concluded that he is not the mind that he cannot find. He has also accepted that he is not the ego that says, I, but he has not discovered, who am I? Blessed is one who realizes, I am not the body, mind and ego, I am the Divine Soul.
what is the soul a jigyasu can realize this only with the help of his spiritual master the soul is a spark of unique life it is energy it is a life force that arrives at the moment of conception and departs at the moment of death a jigyasu is trapped when his guru tells him you do not have a soul you are the soul he often argues with his master how can i be the soul the soul cannot be seen the master then explains that the soul is like electricity and it is birthless and deathless the jigyasu does not understand he asks further at one moment you tell me that i am conceived and that i am the soul and the second moment you tell me that the soul is birthless you confuse me master how can i ever be enlightened in such situations of delusion on the spiritual journey many seekers give up their jigyasa or search is aborted then the guru tells them that they have fallen prey to the mind the mind does not want them to be enlightened and so it confuses them the guru guides the jigyasu to flip over from mind to consciousness to a state of thoughtlessness in which his intellect is activated only then the jigyasu moves forward in his quest for the truth the jigyasu realizes that god is not god god is sip a supreme immortal power he is amused when he sees that the whole world is praying to different gods but he feels sad that these bhaktas believers or devotees of god are so imprisoned in their religions scriptures superstitions and dogmas that they keep on performing rituals but they never realize god the jigyasu realizes that god lives in the temple of our heart he becomes aware that the kingdom of god is within in fact he learns much later that god is everywhere in everything all this makes jigyasu engrossed in what he can call a spiritual jigsaw puzzle just like in any jigsaw puzzle a true seeker starts putting all the pieces in place i am not the body i am not the mind i am not the ego i am not the soul the soul is sip but then he gets stuck in questions how can i move forward the guru then guides the jigyasu on a process known as shravana manana nididhyasana read and learn first and then contemplate your learnings ultimately you will get the spark of enlightenment so the jigyasu tries to find the rest of the pieces of life's puzzle the guru makes him a master in the subject of karma a jigyasu learns that the law of karma governs this world he is in awe when he realizes that karma decided his birth and how he came to earth he is excited and tells his guru i will do good karma because i want to attain god then he learns from the guru that doing good karma will bind him to samsara and the cycle of death and rebirth one must be free from karma because unless one transcends karma 
he will continue to live and die only to be reborn one will not be awakened and liberated the jigyasu once again is completely lost he is in a maze and cannot find a way out then the guru switches on another light and the jigyasa learns that at death one of two things happens most people live and die without realizing the truth they create karma both good and bad the body must die but the mind and ego meet carries all unsettled karma and returns to earth in a rebirth the jigyasu then hopelessly asks the guru so is there no hope to be liberated the guru replies of course there is a true mumukshu and jigyasu will evolve and realize that he is not the mind and ego that is carrying karma with this realization one is free from all karma and when one is free from karma then one is liberated from rebirth the jigyasu becomes excited oh master it is so simple why cannot people understand such a simple truth the guru smiles and reminds the jigyasu there are eight stages of spiritual awakening and we have to climb the ladder to the next stage life is like a game of snakes and ladders we can be bitten by the mind the ego our senses and then we will be back to square one the jigyasu is very sincere in his seeking he comes to realize the several truths of life but he has not transcended his mind and ego if he is a true mumukshu chances are that he will become a gyani a learned one but if he is deluded by the mind despite having all the knowledge he will go round and round in circles and not evolve to enlightenment therefore it is important as to how deep the seeking and yearning is and how sincere a jigyasu is if the jigyasu falls prey to the pleasures possessions and people of this material world he will sink and not go ashore across to the next stage but there are many jigyasu and mumukshu who attain all the knowledge and the realizations but that will lead him to a state of being spiritually awakened what can stop a jigyasu from seeking enlightenment desires are the key factor we human beings are given five senses and we seek sensory pleasures and because of it we often become slaves of our sense perceptions then we let the mind lead us into a life of ignorance and are caught in the myth that we grow up with we permit the ego into fooling us into believing that i am i and become attached to people and possessions this addiction stops us from divine benediction of being enlightened sometimes it is as simple as not finding a spiritual master then we are lost because we follow many masters and to the ultimate destination we do not go faster unfortunately our life span is limited and before we even realize it it is time to go it is the end of the show there are innumerable factors that hold back a seeker from being spiritually awakened the simple fact that only a small minority seeks enlightenment can demoralize 
at Jigyasu as all his near and dear ones would be walking in the opposite direction. There is often loneliness on this path as it is a path less travelled. A Jigyasu is often mocked at and his spiritual seeking is ridiculed by friends and family. Unless one is sincere, it is quite probable that one to fail in the journey of Jigyasu. But if one is Mumukshu, none of this matters. If one is yearning for the Lord and liberation and then goes on a quest for the truth, he becomes unstoppable. No relationship or attachment, no pleasure or treasure and no possession or addiction can stop him from being enlightened. Of course, he must pass through the eight stages, but when he passes through the first two stages, there are good chances that he will be enlightened. The journey of spiritual awakening is the most challenging journey of life. But if one starts with being a Mumukshu and a Jigyasu, then even though it may seem difficult, it is not possible to be awakened and enlightened. The world does not understand the meaning of enlightenment. People think that there must be a God, but people do not understand that we are all Gods. It is a Jigyasu who scientifically examines spirituality as the science of the spirit and discovers that he is not the body, mind and ego. Thereafter, he realizes that he is the divine soul. This is enlightenment. But for a Jigyasu, it is such a spark of realization. Otherwise, the two stages of being a Mumukshu and a Jigyasu would have been enough to be spiritually awakened. While these two stages constitute the basic foundation on which one can build the layers of purification, illumination, realization, liberation and unification with the Divine, the process will take its own time. Ultimately, what is the reward of being Jigyasu and a Mumukshu? It is overcoming ignorance. What does the realization of the truth do? It liberates a seeker from all misery on earth, from the pain of the body, misery of the mind and agony of the ego, just as it liberates one from the cycle of rebirth. It leads one to a state of eternal happiness, divine love and everlasting peace. It reveals to us what we are manifestations of God, appearing as human beings just as we enjoy the ecstasy of God's divine presence in one and all, in anything and everything on the planet. Stage 3 Jnani A learned one who has accumulated spiritual wisdom. A learned one is truly wise. On the spiritual peak he will rise. He will overcome lies that come in disguise as his guru helps him open his real eyes. But knowledge is not realization. He comes to know and on the journey he tries to grow. This world is a drama, it's just a show. The jnani knows we just come and go. The third stage of spiritual awakening, after yearning for God, liberation and seeking the truth is to become a jnani, a learned one who has accumulated 
spiritual wisdom that will lead one on the journey of spiritual awakening. Unfortunately, most of us are ignorant. In fact, 99% of people do not have the right beliefs, but because we all are ignorant, we think that the knowledge that we gained in our schools and colleges is the ultimate truth. We just accept the myth that we grew up with. We believe that there is a God in the sky, although this is a lie. We pray to a God with bone and skin, when the truth is that God lives within. We are taught that one day we will come face to face with God and He will pass a judgment on our deeds. After that, we will either go to heaven or hell. Whether we believe in all of this or not, the fact remains that in this thought, we are caught because it appears in our actions. Our deeds reveal that the seeds planted in our head by our teachers and our families sprout with a philosophy right till we are dead. Then we are reborn and this cycle goes on and on. We return to earth in a rebirth and suffer again and again. Everybody who was born experiences the triple suffering, pain of the body, misery of the mind and agony of the ego. Agyani realizes that there is a way to be liberated from the suffering. That is why he tries to learn by first unlearning all the fairy tales that he has grown up with. The Kyani is a learned one. Although the majority believes in the lies, but Agyani uses his intellect to discriminate. He accumulates spiritual wisdom not just by reading but also by contemplating and discussing with enlightened masters. He goes beyond his mind which makes him blind to ultimately find out what the reality is. In the beginning, Agyani is a Jigyasu. At this stage of spiritual awakening, he has not been blessed with all the truth, although the process has started. When a spiritual aspirant reaches the third stage of spiritual awakening, he has all the wisdom needed for realization. One must remember that Agyani is not yet enlightened. He has the knowledge, but that knowledge must crystallize. Just like the water kept in a refrigerator will not become ice until it is kept below freezing temperature, Agyani must open his real eyes. His knowledge must crystallize and it happens only after he further evolves in the journey of spiritual awakening. Without being a Jnani and without the right wisdom, one cannot be enlightened. There are some who may think that they are Jnani, the learned ones, without being Mumukshu and Jigyasu. Such people are overconfident about their understanding of theology and philosophy. They consider religion to be spirituality. They believe in masters who are not enlightened. They blindly believe in what they read in a book and they are caught by the hook. They just live and die, thinking that they are Jnani, a learnt one, but they are not enlightened and liberated. They will never be united with God unless a spiritual seeker is a mumukshu, has a deep passion and yearning and unless one is a true jigyasu, seeking the truth 
and nothing but the truth, one cannot reach the stage of Jnani. This is why a true Jnani is one who reaches the third stage of spiritual awakening. What are the attributes of a Jnani? A Jnani has realized many truths. He knows beyond doubt that he is not the body. He is sure that death will occur and the body will die. But he is also wise enough to realize that he does not die. He has learned that he will depart in the moment of death and that is why his family will destroy his body. Therefore, he is not so paranoid about death. Although every time somebody dies, it may still make him shudder. Once a person is enlightened, death no longer becomes a moment of desperation. Rather, it becomes a moment of celebration. But for a Jnani, this realization has not yet happened. Although he knows that the body will die and he will be reborn, he continues to do good karma. Being a learned one, he accepts the law of action and reaction. He does not plant any bad deeds because he knows that these will become seeds that will not only make him return to earth in a rebirth but also make him suffer his karma. One who is not a jnani can be doing bad karma. This reveals a jnani to the world. He lives a moral life, trying to be free from karma. The jnani is wise enough to understand that just doing good karma will not make him realize God but because he is not awakened, he still lives as the body, mind and ego. He still lives as me, although he knows that he is the soul that he cannot see. A jnani knows everything, but he does not do everything that a spiritually awakened one does. He has all the theoretical knowledge of enlightenment, but he is not enlightened. Unless he reaches the next stage and lives like a yogi, a jnani will remain unenlightened. As seen by the world, a jnani has all the wisdom that he preaches, but he does not practice what he preaches. Like us all, he is still a slave of the body, mind and ego, although his wisdom makes him appear to be spiritually evolved. What else does the jnani realize? Ajnani realizes that life has a purpose. He realizes that I am not I, but when it comes to putting his wisdom to practice, he fails. He is still attached to pleasures, people and possessions. He realizes the simple truth that when he was born, he came with nothing and one day when he departs, he will not carry even a pin with him. But he has not yet won over his senses that make him crave, till he ultimately reaches his grave. Although he knows that God is not God, God is Sip, he is continuous to pray to God. He continues to follow rituals and superstitions. These actions reveal that a Jnani is not yet enlightened. His actions show that he still has a long way to go. A Jnani knows that he must evolve on the journey of spiritual awakening 
and continues his earnest efforts. One who is not a true jnani will stop learning and his yearning will be towards the material world and not the spiritual world that the enlightened one will move into. So, a real jnani continues his journey on the path of going inward and forward till he reaches the state known as self-realization. Unless we reach the state of being a true jnani, our wisdom will remain imperfect because a jnani is absolutely clear. He knows beyond doubt that the body will die and at death one of the two things will happen. If he has all the wisdom but is not liberated from karma, he will have no option but to return to earth in a rebirth. But if he evolves and transcends the mind and ego, me, then he will be liberated and united with the Supreme. A jnani tries very hard to be free from karma and a true seeker of enlightenment does not stop at being a jnani. A jnani realizes that he is a soul, a spark of unique life. He logically understands that every living creature is not what they appear to be and while we may see them as bone and skin, the truth is that they are all the divine soul that dwells within. While a jnani knows this, does he realize it? No, he does not. He is unable to treat every living creature as God. He also knows that one day when he is blessed with the spark of enlightenment, he will see God in one and all, but as a jnani, he is not yet qualified, rather blessed to see God everywhere in everything. A jnani learns that every molecule of matter, all the five elements that are present on earth are nothing but divine energy. He even learns that quantum physics and quantum mechanics have endorsed that this world is an appearance. This world in reality is a projection of energy waves that appear as molecules of matter. This universal energy manifests as the world, mountains, oceans, clouds and stars, just as the power of the Supreme comes alive in every soul that walks and talks. While a jnani knows all this, he does not live as though everything is divine. A jnani has learned that this world is Maya, a cosmic illusion. He can give many examples, such as that of a mirage, how a mirage in the desert appears to be, but when we get closer, it disappears. A jnani will quote that the rainbow is an optical illusion and while we can see it and even capture a picture of it, we cannot catch or hold it. A jnani is very intelligent. He does not need to be taught about the law of causation anymore. He understands that everything around is an effect and the cause for everything is Sip, the supreme immortal power. He can write long essays and give lectures on how a bangle, a necklace, a chain and a ring only appear to be what they are. The truth is that there is gold in everything. The cause is gold and the effect is the various ornaments. If you remove the gold from them, there will be nothing. A jnani knows all this and even believes in it, but he does not realize it.
It is pure knowledge. He understands that Maya, the cosmic illusion, has two powers. It conceals the truth and projects the myth, just like in a movie theater. The projector hides the white screen and projects the actors with light and sound. Many people even cry when they see their favorite actor die, but a gyani will laugh because he knows that there is no real trauma and it's all a drama. While Gyani knows that this earth is just a stage and we are all actors who come and go, he does not realize this truth before the end of his show. It is a blessing to be a Gyani because one has then crossed three out of the eight stages of spiritual awakening. Fortunate is he who realizes that this world is Leela, a divine drama that is unfolding as per karma. A Gyani knows that there is no God sitting in a distant heaven, controlling the fate of billions of people. God is Sip, a supreme immortal power, who has not only created this universe, but governs it through universal laws that are perfect. Laws like gravity, karma and other laws that cause day and night, that create seasons through rotation and revolution. A Gyani evolves on a daily basis, learning something new. But if he is a true Mumukshu and a true Jigyasu, then not only does he learn and yearn, but he is also passionate not to burn and return. So, he takes the help of a Guru, a spiritual mentor who can help him discriminate between what is wrong and what is right. Instead of believing in the astral world, it is the Guru that gets a Gyani to have his feet on the street. The Guru helps the Gyani to build a divine connection and evolve into the next stage of spiritual awakening. It is very sad, but many a Gyani who think that they know it all just live and die without realizing the truth of who am I. Such people may be respected by the masses, but a true Gyani passes through the stages of awakening rather than impressing people with his knowledge. What then are the marks of a true Gyani? The truly learnt one overcomes all ignorance. Step by step, he unlearns what he has learnt and instead of being in awe of religious magic, he replaces it with spiritual logic. He is not scared of being accused of blasphemy as he questions his religion, theology and the philosophy of several others that bind him with the myth that he has grown up with. A true Gyani cleanses himself of all ignorance, which can otherwise blanket one in darkness, which will never let them see the light of truth. A Gyani goes to the bottom of the root. If I am not the body, mind and ego, then who am I? If God is not the one who lives in the sky, then who is God? Where is God? And what is God? If I am the Divine Soul, then what is my life purpose, my ultimate goal? A Gyani collects all these pieces of the spiritual jigsaw puzzle and tries to solve it. But alas, his mind makes him blind. He is still caught in thought. He has not been able to flip over from mind to consciousness. So, he does not realize the truth 
although he knows all about it. Knowledge is not realization. One may have all the knowledge in the world. One may have gone to best school and college. One may even be mentored by an enlightened guru. But unless one develops mumukshutva, that intense yearning and develops jigyasa, that sincere seeking, one will not grow beyond being a jnani. There are millions of wise people in this world, scores of jnani, but there are a very few truly realized ones who have made their spiritual wisdom real in their day-to-day -day life. A true jnani is sure to evolve into the fourth stage of being a yogi and will go beyond in the journey of awakening. However, there is one big problem that stops a jnani from evolving further. So what is the biggest problem for the jnani? The biggest problem that a jnani faces is his ego. He thinks, I know it all. He considers himself superior to others. He ridicules the world as being foolish. This reveals that he is not a real jnani. He is trapped by his ego. The real jnani lives with humility. He realizes that he is nothing. He is a manifestation of the Supreme, a divine instrument. The real jnani surrenders his wisdom to the Lord, realizing that nothing is ours. A jnani realizes that even this body is not mine. One day he has to leave this body and move on. Therefore, a truly wise one lets go of his ego. We may come across many learned masters, but the secret of their enlightenment is revealed in their humility. If their ego is supreme, then we can be sure that they are not enlightened. It is a big achievement for a jnani to not just accumulate the wisdom he has, but go beyond the mind and ego, me. If he does not transcend me, then he cannot become a true jnani, one who is enlightened. It's time to stop and reflect. Where are we on the journey of spiritual awakening? What is the power of our yearning and our mumukshutva? Where have we reached in this journey of seeking? Are we a true jigyasu? How much have we traversed on the path of spiritual wisdom? Have we collected all the required knowledge? Do we have a guru, a spiritual master who is guiding us onward? If we have all these three in place, then it is time to move to the fourth stage of spiritual awakening. If we feel that we are weak in the first three stages, we must try to strengthen and realign them so that we are prepared to surge ahead in the voyage of enlightenment. Stage 4. Yogi One who lives ever united with the Lord. One who is ever united with God. One who lives in union with the Lord. Such a yogi is free from all fear. Such a yogi lives in bliss, joy and cheer. Such a yogi is liberated from misery on earth. Such a yogi is free from rebirth. It is the yogi who is ultimately enlightened. Living in union with God, he is liberated.
If one wants to be spiritually awakened, there is no other way than to live like a yogi. Without the power of yoga, enlightenment will remain a dream. What is true yoga? Yoga is not what the world imagines it to be. We hear so many people saying, I'm going to my yoga class. They're actually going to a gym for some physical exercises. In yoga, this is known as asana or body stretching positions. No doubt, asana is a preliminary step and a part of yoga, but one who can have a healthy and flexible body is not a yogi. The second misunderstanding is that yoga is about breathing exercises known as pranayama. Pranayama is a good way to create focus, but that focus is momentary. The moment we stop our breathing exercises, our mind will return with its disturbing thoughts. The first step to be a yogi is to understand what yoga is not. Yoga is not asana or pranayama, the physical exercises and breathing techniques. Then, what is yoga? The word yoga comes from the word yuj, which means union. To be in yoga is to be in union with the divine. When one experiences that union with their God, only then is he a yogi. Yoga can be compared to an efficient SIM card that is always connected to its network. Wherever we take our mobile, we do not lose the network. Similarly, a yogi does not lose his divine connection with the Supreme. He is ever united with the Divine. This is true yoga. Why is it important to be a yogi? Most of us in the world are not in yoga. Instead, we are in bhoga. Bhoga means that we are prisoners of our passions and slaves of our desires. While a yogi seeks God and God alone, a bhogi seeks the sensual pleasures of the material world. Thus, a bhogi is a prisoner of pleasures, people and possessions. Only a yogi can be free from the shackles of the material world. Living in yoga, a yogi seeks God and liberation, just like a mumukshu, but goes beyond just seeking. He is always united with the Divine. It is not easy to be a yogi because the mind will keep pulling us into bhoga all the time. Therefore, being a yogi qualifies one to be enlightened. A yogi has passed through the stage of mumukshutva and has a deep yearning for God and liberation. A yogi has gone through the stage of jigyasa or seeking of the truth. He has also crossed the stage of a jnani and has all the knowledge needed. Then, a yogi starts to live in yoga until he is enlightened and then he goes beyond. If he loses his yoga and sings in bhoga, then all his efforts would be wasted. Therefore, this fourth stage of spiritual awakening is a very important one. So how does one live in yoga all the time? 
how can one become a yogi the world knows of the four states of yoga they are dhyana yoga or meditation bhakti yoga or devotion karma yoga or action and gyana yoga or education a yogi lives his life moving from one state of yoga to another ordinary mortals may experience spurts of yoga or moments of union with the divine but a yogi is in yoga all the time a yogi moves from one state of yoga to another without being overpowered by the senses of his body cravings of his mind and the callings of his ego he has realized that he is nothing but a manifestation of the divine he is a wave that is thirsty to become one with the ocean hence a yogi remains in yoga when the yogi wakes up in the morning he does not jump into the material world and his thoughts he remains in consciousness and enters the state of dhyana yoga or the yoga of meditation what does the yogi do nothing he just remains still he remains in that state of thoughtlessness which is often known as mindfulness a yogi has learned to still his monkey mind he has removed all the junk and his mind is now a monk a yogi who experiences eternal peace is in a state of dhyana yoga dhyana or meditation is not a fancy activity its simple objective is to slow down the pace of thoughts to reduce the emptier or the mental thought rate our human mind is capable of thinking up to 50 thoughts a minute this can become 50000 thoughts in a day those of us who are not in yoga live in stress worry fear and anxiety a yogi has transcended these demons as he lives in dhyana yoga after making his mind still what happens by being in dhyana yoga will one be enlightened one may receive sparks of spiritual awakening in this state of meditation but a yogi does not stop at dhyana yoga he moves from the first state to the second state of yoga bhakti yoga a yogi will move from meditation to devotion in the next step bhakti yoga is the ability to be united with the divine through any form of devotion or prayer it may be going to a temple singing songs and hymns or reciting passages praising or in glory of god however bhakti yoga is different from bhakti bhakti is devotion but bhakti yoga is union through devotion these are two different concepts a yogi realizes that god lives in the temple of his heart and he is none other than a manifestation of god even though he is not yet enlightened he has overcome ignorance in the stage of gyani and does not believe the lie that god lives in the sky therefore a yogi in his bhakti awakens the divine within he does not pray to god but prays through god creating a divine connection
So what does a yogi do after meditation and devotion? After waking up in dhyana yoga and spending time in bhakti yoga, his yoga or union continues through karma yoga or the yoga of action. We have all heard of karma. The word karma means action. It is also known as the law of karma. A jnani realizes that whether we do good or bad karma, we will face the consequences of our deeds. But a yogi goes beyond karma. He lives as a karma yogi. Nobody can be free from action. Every living being must act, but the yogi becomes free in action. Although he performs actions, he does not consider these to be his actions. He realizes he is nothing but a divine instrument. Most of us not only perform actions, but we expect results. We are attached to the fruits that we feel should come out of our actions. But a yogi is detached from all expectations of his actions. This is karma yoga. A yogi lives like anybody else, but he offers all his actions to the Lord. He makes himself an instrument of the divine, and all his actions are inspired by a divine vision or mission that will unite him with the supreme. A true yogi is never so caught in karma that he has no time for jnana yoga or bhakti yoga. He moves from one state of yoga to another and after doing his karma, his duty as an instrument of God, he moves into a state of jnana yoga. He creates enough time to be united with the divine through education and gaining spiritual wisdom. What is the difference between a karma yogi and a karmi? Many people are confused and mix up the two. A karmi wants to do good karma. He does not want to sin, but he is so engrossed in his karma and so lost that he does not live as a yogi. A karma yogi's focus is more on yoga than on karma. Although he is doing his karma, it does not supersede his living in yoga. To him, being a yogi is of paramount importance. A karma yogi's attention is not on doing good karma because he realizes good karma will bind him to the cycle of death and rebirth. Seeking enlightenment and liberation, a karma yogi goes beyond doing good karma and expecting a good destiny. A karma yogi seeks God liberation and nothing else. Being a yogi means spending a lot of time in jnana yoga. It is jnana yoga that makes a yogi evolve in the journey of spiritual awakening. Without wisdom and the right knowledge, a yogi cannot reach the next state of being awakened. Knowledge is the raw material but unless it becomes wisdom and unless a yogi lives in yoga with jnana, he will not be united with the Divine. There are many things that we may learn, which might seem to be knowledge of enlightenment, but they may actually be taking us in the opposite direction. One such danger is religion. Many people read a lot of scriptures, they believe in a God with name and form, and get carried away by rituals, 
dogmas and superstitions. This is not living as a Jnana Yogi. A Yogi living in Jnana realizes that he is nothing but a manifestation of the Supreme. He may not have got the spark of enlightenment, still, but he is very close to it. Even after one is enlightened, they must continue to live as a Yogi. Without being a Yogi, it is practically impossible to be enlightened. Therefore, a Yogi moves from one state of Yoga to another. There is no particular order or pattern that he must follow. However, it is natural to start and end the day with Dhyana. Bhakti can be done anytime throughout the day. Karma, action or duty occupies a large part of our day and often we have no time for Jnana but a yogi moves from one state to another state remaining in yoga and not losing the battle to bhoga. By being in constant yoga, the yogi is preparing to reach the fifth stage of becoming enlightened. It all depends on whether he is successful in living like a yogi or not. If he is not, he will slip in bhoga and lose the gift of enlightenment. There are cases of several learned masters who have slipped back into the clutches of the material world, of wishes, wealth and wine and lost their power. Alas, their yoga lost the battle to their bhoga. Unless one is a pure yogi who is ever united with the divine, one can never be enlightened. Even if one is blessed with spiritual awakening, if he fails as a yogi and becomes a bhogi, he will not go beyond the fourth stage of enlightenment, the stage of being a yogi. In my journey of seeking the ultimate truth, as I was yearning for the divine and liberation, I started living as a yogi. I eliminated all bhoga from my life. I stopped socializing with unnecessary people and cut off all possible evils that could draw me into bhoga. I even stopped the occasional sip of wine, lest I get intoxicated and lose my power of discrimination. My commitment towards enlightenment was complete and I lived in yoga, moving from one state of yoga to another. My dhyana was weak as I spent little time in silence, but my bhakti was very strong. I lived as a karma yogi, serving suffering humanity and my talash as a jigyasu opened the door to the greatest blessings from the divine. I was blessed to experience the fifth state of yoga, prema yoga or the yoga of divine love. I loved God a lot and the divine showed me a way to love him through experiencing him in all his manifestations. I could love God as I loved all his beautiful creations. Even the love for my beloved became divine love. It was not just love for the body or skin, but love for the divine that was within. Therefore, now I could be a yogi, not just through karma yoga, bhakti yoga, jnana yoga or dhyana yoga, but also through prema yoga. I was united with my Lord as I loved my God with the power of divine love that was nothing other than yoga being united with the Supreme. For a yogi, it does not matter which yoga we are in. What matters is to be in yoga 
and not in poker. As long as we can be united with the Supreme, we will be ready to qualify for the state of enlightenment. Somebody like Mother Teresa may have spent her entire life in Karma Yoga. Mirabai may have lived in Bhakti Yoga. Gautam Buddha may have spent time doing Dhyana Yoga or Vivekanand may have spent time in Jnana Yoga. Different yogis spend their life in different states of yoga. What ultimately matters is not what yoga you are in, but rather if you are in a yoga or not. If you are a yogi, you will be united with the Supreme and having crossed the stages of Mumukshu, a Jigyasu, a Jnani and a yogi, you are now ready to become a Buddha or an awakened one. This journey of spiritual awakening is unique for each seeker of enlightenment. No two seekers will have the same path, but all enlightened beings go through these stages. Unless one has a deep yearning for God and liberation, one will never become a yogi and unless one is a yogi, one will fall prey to the sensual pleasures of bhoga. Therefore, Crossing these four stages of spiritual awakening is absolutely essential before one is blessed with the light of truth. Enlightenment is not for everybody, but anybody who yearns for divine and liberation, anybody who seeks the truth, anybody who gains the right wisdom with the help of a spiritual master or a guru, and anybody who lives as a yogi in union with the divine qualifies to be awakened. It is not about having one of these qualifications, but all of them. If any of these four attributes are missing, there is little chance of being enlightened. We know that only one person in 10,000 people is fortunate to reach that state of realizing the ultimate truth and that is not the end. That is the beginning of the journey of liberation and unification. But the reward is well worth it. One who is enlightened and liberated is free from all suffering on earth and free from the cycle of rebirth. But first, one must be a yogi before enlightenment and remain a yogi even after enlightenment. A yogi is in love with the divine. A yogi seeks the divine. He seeks nothing else but the supreme. To a yogi, God is not a priority. God is the only priority. He is willing to sacrifice anything for God and liberation. He lives a life of complete acceptance and surrender. Those who wonder why do not realize that a yogi has gone through the stages of a mumukshu, jigyasu and jnani. A yogi has realized several truths of life and now seeks nothing but God and liberation from this world so that he can be united with his Lord. Is it very difficult to be a yogi? Living as a yogi is the most blissful life. It is living in eternal bliss, experiencing peace, joy and love unknown to the world. A yogi has no fear and lives with cheer. He enjoys this leela knowing that everything is maya, being ever connected with the divine and under the protection and love of the supreme. Stage 5 Bhut, one who is enlightened with the truth. A Buddha is awakened. He has realized the truth. 
he has discovered what lies at the bottom of the root. From misery and sorrow, the Buddha is free. He realizes that he is not the mind and ego, me. The Buddha is awakened that he is the divine soul. To become one with the Lord is his ultimate goal. The Buddha lives with the divine glow. In acceptance and surrender, his life does flow. While the term Buddha is commonly understood as one who is awakened, it is the stage which is the beginning of the enlightenment journey. No doubt, one has awakened to be a Buddha, but to complete the journey of spiritual awakening, he has to go through three more stages beyond it. What then is this stage called Buddha or Buddha? A Buddha is not just a mumukshu who yearns. He is not just a jigyasu who seeks. He is not just a jnani who knows. And he is not just a yogi who lives in union with the Supreme. He is enlightened. He is awakened. He has realized that he is not the body. He will leave this body at the moment of death. He has realized that he is not even the mind. Although he has tried to find the mind, all he could find was a bundle of thoughts. The Buddha realizes that he is not the ego that says, I, me and mine. A Buddha neither has to analyze anymore, nor does he have to memorize. For once you realize the truth as a Buddha, it becomes a part of your consciousness. A Buddha has realized the truth about life. He knows beyond doubt that he is the divine soul, a spark of unique life. Although he realizes this, he has not yet realized God fully. He understands that the divine is present in all living creatures, but only after living as a Buddha does he go through the sparks of enlightenment that will complete his spiritual awakening. The Buddha is no more enveloped in ignorance. He is a wise yogi who has a divine connection with the Supreme. He has not only transcended the body, mind and ego, but also its desires and cravings. A Buddha lives in contentment and fulfillment after experiencing that spark of enlightenment. What are the attributes of a Buddha or Buddha? A Buddha lives without fear. Even the real dangers of the world do not affect him. He is free from stress, worry and anxiety. Toxic emotions like anger, hate, revenge and jealousy do not penetrate a Buddha. Although his ego is alive, he transcends it and lives as an enlightened ego. The Buddha realizes, I am not I. He realizes, I am nothing but a manifestation of the Divine. Having realized this, he does not sink in bhoga. Just like a beautiful lotus floats above the dirty waters of a lake, the Buddha lives above the bhoga of the material world. He neither seeks the trinkets of the material world, nor is he affected by the trivial circumstances that unfold in his life. A Buddha is awakened. He is enlightened, but he is not yet liberated. He knows that liberation will happen in the moment of death. 
his ultimate goal is to reach that state of moksha or nirvana and he has already started his journey to get there ordinary mortals can slip back easily into desires and cravings but the bhut cannot be easily carried away in fact it is practically impossible for a bhut who lives in yoga to slip back into bhoga but there are cases when a bhut who is enlightened fails to reach that final stage of spiritual awakening which is liberation and unification with the divine therefore an enlightened one continues his enlightenment journey till his last breath spiritual awakening culminates in the moment of death the buddh realizes that death is not the end it is just a bend for him death is not a moment of desperation it is a moment of liberation and therefore a celebration the buddh is like a beacon of light in a dark hopeless world while the world suffers in miseries the buddh is free from the ordinary traumas faced by the world he has realized that this world is a drama just as he has realized that everything unfolds as per our karma the buddh the enlightened one lives a life of acceptance without protest whatever happens he gracefully accepts knowing that it is a result of his own karma he is enlightened to the truth that karma continues life after life he has learned that only the body dies the mind and ego me carries its karma and is reborn therefore he considers himself to be an immortal soul which is birthless and deathless he sees through the scientific truth that every cell of the body is nothing but energy the difference is while science asks for proof the buddh has experienced it this aparokshanubhuti is beyond logic it is divine magic the inner light shines and he experiences himself as a reflection of the lord neeti neeti tatvamasi i am not the body i am not the mind i am that divine soul this truth dawns upon the buddh in the moment of enlightenment the most amazing aspect of a buddh is the moment of enlightenment we are told of how the buddha the enlightened one received the spark of enlightenment sitting under the bodhi tree this does not mean that everybody must go and sit under a tree i was blessed to realize this truth in a spark in the air france flight af192 from paris to bangalore it was on the 31st of august 2014 that the divine light shone on me and created my transformation anybody can be a bhut but they must go through the four stages before the awakening if one does not live with deep yearning and seeking if one does not overcome ignorance and realizes the truth if one does not live in union with the divine then the spark of enlightenment will never come becoming a bhut is very much possible but one must sincerely follow the stages what is the transformation that makes one a bhut many people in this world 
might have the knowledge of the truth. They may even experience several realizations, but they may not have yet attained the stage of a Buddha. Why? It is because to become a Buddha, one needs the grace of the Divine and the guidance of a Guru. Without a Guru guiding a Jnani, an arrogant one will presume that he has all the knowledge of a Buddha and never experience the spark of enlightenment. Therefore, enlightenment is a spark. It has to be experienced. It cannot be proved. In fact, the Buddha does not find it necessary to tell others that he is enlightened. One need not proclaim that one is enlightened, although he is. Those who are not enlightened think of this awakening as something very mysterious. But in reality, one out of every hundred seekers is enlightened with the truth. However, being enlightened is not the end of the spiritual journey. It is just the beginning of the awakening process. How can one understand from a distance that a yogi is now a Buddha? Enlightenment cannot be hidden. It appears as a transformation in the life of a Jigyasu. Everything changes. What he wears, what he eats, what he talks and what he does will no more be human. It will be divine. Therefore, a Buddha will be revealed as his transformation begins. Have we not seen the metamorphosis of a caterpillar as it becomes a butterfly? Being a Buddha is the first stage of that metamorphosis. An ordinary human is transformed into an enlightened being. An ignorant mind is now an intelligent consciousness. Therefore, the process of metamorphosis has begun and it will end only after all the eight stages of spiritual awakening are completed. Many people think that being a Buddha is the ultimate stage of spiritual awakening. This is a myth. A spark of a Buddha heralds the beginning of spiritual awakening. The enlightenment has happened, but the complete spiritual awakening has only begun. One has realized the truth and become a Buddha. Now, the Buddha has to live the truth. Only when a Buddha lives his awakening, enlightenment or realization, he will be liberated and united with the Supreme. Most seekers of the truth think that the spiritual awakening ends at this fifth stage of being a Buddha. But in reality, the fifth stage is one peak of enlightenment. Now, one must transcend the mind and ego completely. One must be free from all karma and be completely liberated from the triple suffering of the body, mind and ego. Only then will the Buddha attain Nirvana or Moksha. When one becomes a Buddha, there are two possibilities. In many cases, a Buddha does not attain liberation and unification with the Divine. The Buddha slips and falls into the material world that lures him with people, possessions and pleasures. Why does this happen? Because the Buddha still has a mind that produces thoughts. He still has an ego that says, I. He still has a family 
and even if he has attained detachment, they are still attached to him. Often, the Buddha has duties and responsibilities that he has to fulfill towards his family. How then can a Buddha be free to move onward, forward and Godward? An enlightened one often gets stuck at this point. Therefore, even after being awakened to the truth, the Buddha does not experience an automatic entry into heaven, a state of becoming one with God. It is a tough challenge for a Buddha to let go of all pleasures, possessions and people and move forward. In several scriptures, it is prescribed that one must become a sannyasi. It means that one must renounce their house, work, possessions, relationships, responsibilities, duties and practically everything to move forward to the ultimate state of liberation. However, this is also a myth. A truly enlightened one can live in the material world, provided he is free from all attachments and cravings. He does not have to head to the forest or the mountains and become a sannyasi, one who has renounced everything. As long as the Buddha lives as a yogi, one who is ever united with the Lord and not as a bhogi or one who is intoxicated and distracted by people, possessions and pleasures, he can continue to evolve towards the ultimate destination. No doubt, it is not easy and that is why many enlightened ones prefer to leave the world and live in seclusion so that they are free from the clutches of the material world. Every Buddha must make his or her choice. We are told of Raja Janak, the father of Sita, who was the wife of Lord Rama. As per the ancient accounts of his life, he was a Buddha, an enlightened one, although he was a king. Living in a palace, he was detached from all the majestic grandeur. There are cases of enlightened masters who have continued to live in usual, worldly way but are internally liberated. Although the world may see attachments around them, a real Buddha lives with detached attachment. His relationships are no more binding, just as his duties are no more restricting. Such a Buddha who lives in the material world marches forward to his destination. Seekers of spiritual awakening cannot easily comprehend the state of being a Buddha. This state has to be experienced. While we may try to explain enlightenment in words, it is like trying to define the energy or electricity in a bulb. Of course, the bulb glows when the energy flows through it and we can see electricity in the form of light. But if we want to feel the electricity, we must have the courage to touch a live wire. How many of us are willing to face the shock? Such is the challenge of being a Buddha. The experience is different. It is a state of ecstasy and euphoria of divine bliss unknown to man. To conclude, what is the stage of being a Buddha? It is being enlightened with the truth. It is being awakened to the reality of life. It is being liberated from attachments. It is overcoming the myth that we have grown up with. It is the realization we are the divine soul.
it is the beginning of our journey to the ultimate goal it is freedom from pleasures people and possessions it is the realization that we come with nothing and go with nothing it is the wisdom that we are born alone and die alone it is the realization that death is not the end it is just a bend it is the choice of not returning to earth in a rebirth it is the blessing to be free from all karma it is the grace to realize that life is nothing more than a drama it is the reward of living as a mumukshu the one who yearns for god and liberation it is the result of being a jigyasu one who seeks the truth it is going through the process of a gyani who has acquired wisdom and it is living as a yogi who is ever united with the divine a buddh may appear as normal mortal made of bone and skin but he has realized that he is the divine that dwells within having gone through the process of purification illumination and reaching the state of realization the buddh seeks nothing more than liberation from this world and unification with the divine to a buddh this world is maya a cosmic illusion and he has only one mission in life to transcend the mind and ego me and be free to be who we are meant to be the buddh lives as a divine wave yearning to merge with the supreme ocean awakened and enlightened with the truth stage 6 sthit pragya one who discriminates with a steady intellect in this journey of realization we start with purification this leads to illumination but the ultimate goal is liberation only if we live as a sthit pragya there will be discrimination which will certify and give validation becoming a buddh the enlightened one as understood by the world is not the end of spiritual awakening the journey of spiritual awakening goes on even after being enlightened spiritual awakening is completed only in the moment of liberation in the moment of unification with the divine therefore when one becomes a buddh and is enlightened with the truth he commences living an awakened life what does this mean just having realized the truth is not enough one has to live it if one does not live the realization then he is not truly awakened so how does one live a spiritually awakened life to live as an enlightened one one must be in the consciousness that i am not this body i'm not the mind and my ego is a false identity one must live as the divine soul one must not just see the divine presence in one and all but one must be a particle of the supreme this is easier said than done just like knowledge is easier than realization and realization is easier than liberation what liberation are we talking about even though 
we have realized that we are the divine soul, our mind will stop us from achieving the ultimate goal. The mind will repeat its barrage of thoughts in which we must not get caught. If one slips into bhoga, then even if he is enlightened, he may start living a worldly life. There are many examples of many so-called enlightened masters who have descended from the peak of enlightenment into the valley of pleasures, possessions and people. This is because of their mind. While we have not seen the mind, we all experience its existence when it appears in the form of thoughts. We may try and still the mind and kill the mind but even if we do, we will never be able to kill thoughts. But a thought is not the mind. As long as we are able to have one thought at a time in consciousness, we will not fail in living an awakened life. However, one must live with a steady intellect for this to happen. This is known as being in Stith Pragya the sixth stage of spiritual awakening. In this stage, one has complete command over the mind. He has locked himself in consciousness and activated the intellect. There is no mind anymore, no miseries, no ignorance, no negativity and no desires. Astit Pragya is a true monk. He is M. Master of the mind. O. Only in yoga he lives. N. No desires he has. K. Karma he transcends. True enlightenment is moving from the mind being a monkey into a monk. In the state of Stitpragya, one tames the monkey mind and makes it a monk. This happens by cutting the tail of the monkey mind, the evil that is ever yelling and ever yearning. It is being in that state of truth consciousness that experiences eternal bliss. So what is it to be a Stitpragya? A Stitpragya does not live by his mind. His actions are not controlled by his moods or feelings. He lives in consciousness and every action is a result of discrimination by the intellect. Living as a Stith Pragya, there will be still be thoughts but in thought one will not be caught. One will be free from the mind and ego, me, and will not just be the soul, but rather live as the soul. A Stith Pragya is not a slave of his desires and passions anymore. He has realized the truth that he is not the body, mind and ego. He is the divine soul. Therefore, when there is a thought that attracts him to the world, he uses the power of his intellect and kills that thought. There is no mind alive anymore for the Stith Pragya. There are only thoughts. Earlier, the Stith Pragya used to experience his mind 
when his thoughts used to pour like rain and push him down the drain. Now, the thoughts appear in his consciousness as gentle snowflakes one by one. He discriminates each thought as it appears like a gentle fish swimming into the ocean of his consciousness. Earlier, thoughts would attack him like a swarm of bees and would appear like the many trees we see growing wild in a jungle. Now, thoughts appear one by one like cable cars on a ropeway. Asthet Pragya is in command of his thoughts. He lives as a witness, an observer and deals with each thought with his willpower. Not only does he discriminate, but he also chooses his thoughts, feelings and actions. Thus, he remains in peace and bliss in that state of thoughtlessness that is known as consciousness. Asthet Pragya is already awakened as a Bhut. Why then must he struggle to control his mind? This is because as long as we have breath till that ultimate moment of death of the body, we continue to live with our mind and the ego. Our mind is nothing but a thought factory. It will continue to produce thoughts but a sthit pragya has shut down the factory that is normally very active. Now, his mind is dormant, like a sleepy volcano that no more erupts lava. The volcano exists. It tumbles, rumbles and even emits smoke. But as long as one is in a sthit pragya, his volcanic mind will not erupt anymore with thoughts. The trail of leftover thoughts of the mind will continue to appear in his consciousness but not take charge of his life as it would in a normal human being. What happens to the ego of a sthit pragya? Can the ego disappear? If the sthit pragya wants water, will he not say, I want a glass of water? Then what happens to the I, the ego of the sthit pragya? A sthit pragya discriminates and lives as an enlightened ego. He may use the term I or even me, but he realizes that I am not I. He does not live as the I. As a Buddha, he is awakened to the truth that we are not the body, we are the divine soul. And as a sthit pragya, he achieves the ultimate goal of living life as the divine soul. It is easy for anybody to say, I know I am a soul. But it is difficult for one to realize, I am a soul. And it is practically impossible for one to live as the soul. Only an enlightened master who is a sthit pragya and who lives with a steady intellect can be in a state of eternal consciousness, not only discriminating but choosing to and living as the Divine Soul. The mind is constantly trying to defeat a sthit pragya but it fails every time. 
Asthet Pragya has deactivated the mind and it seems to exist only as if it is in a state of coma. Even though one may be a put, an awakened one, one is not free from the mind and ego, me, until he is liberated and lives as Asthet Pragya. Only then can he move to the next state of living as a liberated soul. Enlightenment is not an easy journey. To be spiritually awakened, one must live each moment of their life as a yogi. First, before attaining Buddhahood and then after being enlightened. It is not a straightforward path. It has many windings and turns before the moment of liberation and unification. Therefore, just being a mumukshu or jigyasu and just yearning and seeking God is not enough. Even though one becomes a jnani, lives as a yogi and is enlightened as a buddha with the wisdom of realization, he still does not complete the process of spiritual awakening. He will still be asleep until he awakens from the body, mind and ego in which one is so deep in slumber. Is it easy to give up the body, although we are alive in it? Is it easy to still the mind, something we cannot find? Is it easy to live without I, when we constantly refer to I and me? Only a sthit pragya realizes that he is not the me that he sees in a mirror. Only a sthit pragya can live beyond the bone and the skin as the divine that is within. What else does the Sthit Pragya do after realizing that he is a manifestation of the Divine? The Sthit Pragya realizes that I am not I. He realizes that I am a soul, a spark of unique life. He then realizes that the soul is a spark of Sip, the supreme immortal power. Being in a state of consciousness, he experiences sip in one and all. He realizes that he is not an ordinary man. He is God himself. Immediately, his mind tells him, What a fool you are! How can you be God? How dare you think you are God? Asthet Pragya does not accept his thought. He lives in consciousness, realizing, I am nothing. I am not this body that will die. I am not I. He becomes free from the mind and ego, me, that tries to make him see himself as mortal. He realizes that he is immortal. He transcends every ordinary thought and lives in the consciousness of the Divine Presence within. He also experiences the Divine in every soul, be it a man or a beast. Nothing can stop him from this discrimination and that appears in each and every action of the one who lives as a Sthit Pragya. The Sthit Pragya knows that every molecule of matter is nothing but divine energy. Science is only waking up to this truth now. Through its branches of quantum physics and quantum mechanics, 
that endorse the theory of wave-particle duality. While science is still grappling with the fact that every particle of matter is nothing but energy, Astitpragya experiences divine energy in every molecule of inanimate matter, whether it is the mountains, the seas, the rocks or the river. All that Astitpragya can see is the presence of the divine. He does not have to convince himself that God is Sith, the supreme immortal power that appears as every soul and appears as every molecule of matter. He becomes conscious of it. Astitpragya does not have to memorize or analyze because after becoming a Buddha, this is what he has realized. Having transcended his biggest enemy, the rascal mind, he is no more challenged by ignorance. However, this calls for him to live as a Pragya. Otherwise, he will lose the blessing of being awakened. It is difficult for one who has not reached a state of Buddh to even fathom the journey beyond being a Buddh. But the truth is that just being awakened is not the end of the journey of spiritual awakening. One has to be liberated and the key to being liberated is to live with a steady discrimination and unconsciousness with the intellect. The one who has not locked his life will lose command of the five senses or the five wild horses as referred to in the Bhagavad Gita by Sri Krishna. The five wild horses are our senses. These five senses are controlled by the mind, which is nothing but the reins. Unless these reins are controlled by a charioteer, a life chariot will topple as the five horses will go wild, each in their own direction. The charioteer is the intellect. The intellect comes alive in consciousness and this state is called as being a stithpragya. Sri Krishna mentions it several times in the Bhagavad Gita. If we have to attain moksha, we must live as a stithpragya. What next? After becoming a Buddha and living as a stithpragya, are the doors of heaven open to us? Will we attain God? Not yet. We need mukti of freedom and only then can we reach the final stage of spiritual awakening. But we cannot attain freedom until we are free from the mind and the ego. After the sixth stage of spiritual awakening, of being a sthit pragya, we qualify to reach that state of mukti. Stage 7 Jivan Mukta One who is liberated from all suffering. Spiritual awakening has stages. 8. Then, to God, we will go straight. But we all have to wait till we are free and cross the gate. It is Jivan Mukta, that ultimate state that frees us from all misery and hate. This is the stage number seven. The next stage leads us to heaven. 
while many people consider the buddh to be spiritually awakened there are many others who think it is a jivan mukta one who has attained freedom or mukti a jivan mukta is a living being who is free from all misery on earth he has attained freedom from suffering from the pain of the body misery of the mind and agony of the ego he is alive but is now qualified not just to be free from all misery on earth but also to be free from the cycle of death and rebirth what is the stage of jivan mukta in the journey of spiritual awakening just being enlightened is not enough after being enlightened one must live as a sthit pragya live with that steady intellect and be liberated it means that one transcends his physical senses just as he transcends his mind and ego he is very much alive in the body but is free from the body his body will experience pain but he will not suffer the pain a jivan mukta has complete command on his mind such that there is no mind there are just thoughts that gently appear in his consciousness a jivan mukta is free from the ego he has reached a state of an enlightened ego and is free from the bondage of i and me is being a jivan mukta the final stage of spiritual awakening no it is not let us reflect a mumukshu starts the journey of yearning for the divine and liberation then he becomes a jigyasu and seeks the ultimate truth thereafter he becomes a gyani and attains spiritual wisdom it is only when one lives as a yogi the fourth stage that he evolves to the fifth stage of being a buddh one who is enlightened with the truth this is a major landmark in the spiritual journey as one is considered awakened but unless one goes to the sixth stage and lives in consciousness activating the intellect one cannot reach the seventh stage of being a jivan mukta one who is free from the body mind and ego and lives as a liberated soul therefore jivan mukti is a lofty peak in the trek of spiritual awakening what is the life of a jivan mukta a jivan mukta is free from fear worry stress and anxiety unlike other mortals he does not suffer the miseries of his mind this is because he has flipped over from mind to consciousness of course he still experiences thoughts but they do not pour like rain causing him to suffer again and again he has attained mukti or freedom he is liberated from suffering one who has not attained mukti often descends into a valley of gloom and depression a jivan mukta shines with cheerfulness he is joyous blissful and peaceful he lives in the present moment and lives life 
moment by moment. Therefore, there is no past that is gone and no future that is not yet born. He eliminates all guilt, regret and shame. He is the master of his memory as he has locked his mind from picking toxic thoughts that bind him to this world of suffering. The Jeevan Mukta has transcended his ego and thus is no more agonized by anger, hate, revenge and jealousy. He has dropped all duality after being awakened that he is the divine soul. He has realized that every soul is Sip. We are all manifestations of the One Divine. Ajivan Mukta not only knows this but he has also realized it and so he drops his ego and all its agony and anguish along with it. The Jeevan Mukta is still alive in the body made of bone and skin. His body will experience aches and pains, but the Jeevan Mukta will not suffer. He lives realizing that he is not the body. Although he has a body and even though he experiences pain in the body, he does not suffer. He lives in a state of eternal bliss in truth consciousness. I am an immortal soul birthless and deathless. I experience no pain. This is the state of a Jeevan Mukta, one who is alive in a body but liberated from all the suffering of the body. Having attained Mukti of freedom, what then is the life of a Jeevan Mukta? After reaching the seventh stage of spiritual awakening, one who lives as a Karma Yogi, one is in eternal yoga or union with the divine. One is not free from actions but has attained freedom in action. Therefore, a Jeevan Mukta does not create any fresh karma. He is free from all karma because he is liberated from the doership that is attributed to the body, mind and ego which he is not. He has no desires or expectations and lives his life as an instrument of God, fulfilling the divine will. Therefore, a true Jeevan Mukta is not only free from creating fresh karma, but is also free from the unfolding of past karma. His body may still experience karma that were created when he was the body, mind and ego, but now he is liberated from these. Therefore, he lives as a witness an observer of the body experiencing some results of past karma, but he is free from karma. A Jeevan Mukta thus continues to live as a karma yogi in complete acceptance and surrender till he is liberated from his body and united with the divine. He accepts everything that happens without any protest whatsoever because he realizes that everything is unfolding as per the divine Leela, the play of the Lord. To him, everything is Maya, a cosmic illusion. It is not real. It is just a projection and he surrenders to this Leela and Maya in consciousness. Thus, a Jeevan Mukta is joyous, no matter what. For him, there is no difference between pleasure and pain, loss and gain, sun and rain.
everything is unfolding as per the divine will of which he is a part ajivan mukta is not attached to samsar or the world even though he may seem to be surrounded by people and relationships he lives with detached attachment and remains attached only to the divine he desires and yearns only for one thing liberation and unification with the supreme he loves god and sees god in one and all therefore ajivan mukta is the epitome of love his love is divine and it flows from the divine within to the divine in one and all this fountain of love joy bliss and peace are the visible attributes of ajivan mukta ajivan mukta having transcended his ego realizes that he is nothing he is not even his name nothing belongs to him and he will leave everything behind at the end of the show we all have to depart and the body that the world considers as me will be left behind this truth is realized by ajivan mukta and he lives this truth he is free from his own body just as he is free from all entanglements of pleasures possessions and people he is liberated from the prison of desires cravings and addictions he accepts everything as a prasadam a gift from the divine but does not seek any pleasures of the body mind and ego he lives as the divine soul a spark of unique life who is free from all the allurements of the material world many people think that to be a jivan mukta one must be a sanyasi one has to renounce everything and retreat into loneliness a true jivan mukta does not run away from the world he experiences the divine in every atom of existence and is free from all attractions and distractions he is genuinely awakened and liberated therefore being a jivan mukta is being in the advanced stage of the spiritual journey a buddh evolves into a sthit pragya and only then reaches the stage of jivan mukta the one who is liberated when alive but the journey of spiritual awakening does not end here a jivan mukta has to move to the eighth stage before he is ultimately liberated from the body however the key to being liberated while being alive is very important to unlock the door to the final stage of spiritual awakening a jivan mukta is completely free and liberated neither fences nor fasces nor faces nor forces can stop him from contemplating his spiritual journey he moves forward and locks himself into an irreversible path after being liberated as a jivan mukta there is no force on earth that can affect a jivan mukta he has overcome the ignorance of all fasces he has broken all fences that could stop him from marching ahead and most importantly no face on earth no person no relationship can pull a jivan mukta back into bhoga he lives in yoga in an eternal union with the divine
the world has seen some cases of enlightened masters who have gone back to live in bhoga overcome by addictions intoxications and sinking in pleasures wealth and wine a true jivan mukta is incapable of falling back into bhoga if one does it only reveals that he did not truly reach the state of jivan mukti when one reaches mukti he is liberated and even though he is still breathing in a physical body he is still free from it just as he is not influenced by the mind or the ego having attained his state of mukti or freedom a jivan mukta marches onto the final stage of spiritual awakening many spiritual aspirants consider mukti or the seventh stage of being a jivan mukta as the ultimate stage in the journey of spiritual evolution however mukti is not moksha or nirvana while the words mukti and moksha are used interchangeably or considered synonymous mukti is attained when one is alive and moksha is attained only at the moment of death this is the principal difference between the two an enlightened soul is first liberated when alive and lives as a jivan mukta before being finally united with the supreme in that moment of physical death when the body dies the jivan mukta does not return in a rebirth to earth he is free from all karma and free from the cycle of rebirth for this a jivan mukta must move to the final stage and live as an enlightened soul till the moment of death where he loses his breath unfortunately the world confuses mukti and moksha but there is a clear difference between the two without jivan mukti one cannot attain moksha what is life and its purpose This is the key question that one must answer in the journey of spirituality. Who am I and why am I here? A jivan mukta has all the answers. He realizes that he is the divine soul and in fact he is a particle of the supreme that we call God. The purpose of his existence is not to return to earth in a rebirth. Having reached the state of jivan mukti He is free from all ignorance and bondage. A jivan mukta enjoys every moment of his life in the ecstasy of the presence of divine in every living being, just as he sees every beautiful appearance in nature as a reflection of God. Those who have not attained jivan mukti are in quest of God, but a jivan mukta has realized God. Having attained buddhahood and self-realization he lives in consciousness experiencing god as sip the supreme immortal power manifesting as this universe and its five elements and living as a soul in every living creature therefore the jivan mukta experiences god everywhere in everything although he yearns for the divine he does not think that the divine is separate from him therefore a jivan mukta lives as the divine for the divine like the divine he has no more questions 
for he is awakened with all the answers. Once a Jivan Mukta crosses the seventh stage of awakening and moves to the final stage, there is nothing more to attain in the spiritual journey. A Jivan Mukta is just one step away from living as an enlightened soul in consciousness. Stage 8 Satchitananda Atma An awakened soul who lives in truth consciousness. The Satchitananda Atma lives a life of bliss. He is free from all unhappiness. Having transcended the body, ego and mind, he does not search, he does not find. He lives in a state of truth consciousness with love, joy, peace and happiness. He lives joyously till his last breath and is united with the Divine in the moment of death. The final stage of spiritual awakening is the stage in which an enlightened and liberated being lives as the Divine Soul in Truth Consciousness experiencing eternal bliss. A Satchitananda Atma can be understood in four parts Sat, Chit, Ananda, Atma. Sat means Truth. Chit means Consciousness. Ananda is eternal bliss and Atma is Soul, a spark of unique life. When a Jeevan Mukta, a realized and liberated being, completely evolves into a spiritual life. He lives in a state of eternal bliss in Truth Consciousness as the Divine Soul and not the body, mind and ego. For this, Ajivan Mukta first lives as the Stit Pragya, locked in consciousness with the intellect in command. Before being a Stit Pragya and Jivan Mukta, one must be a Bhut, the awakened and enlightened one. To reach Buddhahood, one must live as a Yogi who is ever united with the Divine. One cannot be a Yogi without being a Jnani or a wise human being who has overcome ignorance. How can one overcome ignorance? By being a Jigyasu or a seeker of truth. Only one who yearns for the Lord and for liberation, a Mumukshu can evolve to become a Jigyasu. So what does this reveal? As we pass through the stages of spiritual awakening from the first stage of Mumukshu to the penultimate stage of Jivan Mukta, we grow stage by stage until we reach the ultimate stage of living as a Satchitananda Atma. Such a person transcends the senses of the body, the ignorance of the mind and the arrogance of the ego to live as the Divine Soul. Having realized the truth as a Buddha, that there is no self as such, the self is a result of our ignorance. A Satchitananda Atma 
is liberated from all karma. He lives a life of complete surrender, accepting everything that is unfolding as a result of the divine Leela of the Lord. He is free from karma but realizes that everything that is unfolding is nothing more than a dream. He realizes that he must continue living as a Satchitananda Atma in eternal bliss of truth consciousness till that moment of death when he will lose his breath. Then he will not return to earth in a rebirth. He will attain moksha, salvation or nirvana that lies beyond these eight stages of spiritual awakening. Anyone who jumps directly to this chapter of the eighth stage of spiritual awakening may be bewildered thinking how all this is possible. It is not possible to comprehend this truth till one is enlightened as a Bhut. Therefore, many people consider the fifth stage to be the ultimate stage of spiritual awakening. While it is the stage of enlightenment, it is not the end of the spiritual journey because unless one puts the theory of enlightenment into practice, he will not live in consciousness with a steady intellect as a sthitpragya. Without being a sthitpragya, he will not reach that state of liberation or being a jivan mukta, one who is liberated from the triple suffering of the body, mind and ego. Therefore, only the put, the awakened one who lives as a sthitpragya or the one whose intellect is locked in consciousness, evolving to jivan mukta, one who is liberated while alive, reaches the ultimate state of living as a Satchitananda Atma. Only such a person is genuinely and fully spiritually awakened. The others in the journey of spiritual awakening may either gather a lot of knowledge, pieces of wisdom or even flashes of realization, but they will not be truly enlightened and liberated. They may fail before that moment of death when they will lose their breath. Such people may accumulate karma and even though it may be good karma, they will return to earth in a rebirth. Only a Satchitananda Atma lives life in eternal bliss in truth consciousness. Having realized the ultimate truth, such a divine soul who has transcended the body mind and ego and overcome all sensory pleasures lives a life of contentment and fulfillment. Such an awakened being realizes that everything is Maya. Whatever is happening in life is nothing more than an illusion, a dream. Therefore, he does not scream even though there is a tragedy or a trauma. He realizes that Everything is a drama. The world is a karma bhumi, a land where the drama of karma will continue until one attains moksha, the ultimate goal. Therefore, a Satchitananda Atma lives as a Buddha locked in consciousness with his intellect 
and liberated from samsara or the material world till that moment when he is free from the cycle of death and rebirth. What are the attributes of a Satchitananda Atma? He continues to be a mumukshu, yearning for sip, the supreme immortal power and thus seeks liberation and unification, nothing else. His jigyasa has ended and having realized the ultimate truth, he has stopped analyzing and memorizing because he is full of divine wisdom. Having crossed the stage of a jnani, he lives with humility without boasting about his knowledge and realizing that he is nothing but a spark of divine life. A Satchitananda Atma continues to live in yoga as a yogi, moving from one state of yoga to another. He does not miss his meditation or silence of dhyana yoga. He continues his own unique bhakti or devotion through bhakti yoga. He continues to live as a divine instrument doing the divine will, as a karma yogi, without expecting any results for any of his actions. A karma yogi does not want any fruits. All his actions are in complete surrender as he has realized that he does nothing. Everything is controlled by Sip. Thereafter, he spends time in Jnana Yoga, continuing to read and absorb any new analogies and experiences, picking further wisdom from other enlightened souls. What else does he do as a yogi? I was blessed with the fifth state of yoga, Prema Yoga, as I evolved through the eight stages of spiritual awakening. I found that a Jeevan Mukta can fall into Bhoga if he does not live every moment of every day as a Satchitananda Atma. Therefore, whatever time was left, I spent it in Prema Yoga, the yoga of divine love. I was blessed to realize that God is in every soul. My love for God was so deep and my yearning for the divine was so passionate that I could see God or Sip manifesting as a soul, a spark of unique life in every living being. Therefore, I lived in Prema Yoga, the fifth state of yoga. This liberated me from all bhoga or the desires of the material world. This blessing let me live as a Satchitananda Atma without slipping into the cravings of the body and its senses, wandering with the thoughts of the mind or being caught by the proud ego. I was none of these and I was able to live in truth consciousness, enjoying peace and bliss only because I could live as a yogi. If one wants to live as a Satchitananda Atma, one must constantly move from one state of yoga to another. This is a key attribute of such a divine soul. A Satchitananda Atma is awakened. He is enlightened. He has reached Buddhahood. He does not have to analyze or memorize because only one truly realizes the truth 
it becomes a part of a system. Do we have to memorize where our ears or nose or do we analyze whether we smell from our eyes and see from our nose? No, we don't. So also, a Satchitananda Atma, the awakened and the enlightened lives free from all ignorance. He has transcended the mind that makes us blind and lives with a steady intellect. Not only is he visible Stit Pragya, but he is also a Jeevan Mukta, liberated in his life from the triple suffering of the body, mind and ego. Such are the attributes of a Satchitananda Atma. Can one identify who is a Jeevan Mukta or a Satchitananda Atma? No, nobody can. We can identify a Mamukshu and a Jigyasu. We can even make out who is a Gyani. But beyond the first three stages of spiritual awakening, the journey of enlightenment is very personal. How can you make out if somebody is in yoga or not? Can you differentiate between one who is a Buddh, who is enlightened and one who is Buddhu, an unenlightened one? Yes, maybe we can because fools can stand out in a crowd, but it is very difficult to know who is a truly enlightened one. It is not our business to pass judgments on others. Spiritual awakening is a personal process. The only importance of identifying a yogi who becomes put is to know and identify the right guru or a spiritual master. When we are on the journey of spiritual awakening, the guru will already be on the path. If we are a mumukshu or a jigyasu, it will not be a difficult task to recognize and find a guru because when a genuine seeker is ready, it is known that the master will appear. Enlightened beings make it their mission to help other seekers and they look out for a jigyasu and mumukshu on the path of awakening. One cannot reach the state of being a Satchitananda Atma without the help of an enlightened master. In fact, one will not even reach the stage of Buddha. In today's world, many appear to be gurus, philosophers, authors, theologians and spiritualists who claim to know the truth but some of them can destroy the very root of spiritual awakening. Therefore, it is important to find the right master. A Satchitananda Atma seeks nothing. He realizes that he is nothing. Nothing belongs to him. He is nothing but a spark of unique life, a soul that must return to Sip, the supreme immortal power. He realizes that if he becomes a slave to Bhoga and falls prey to desires and passions, he will create karma and return to earth in a rebirth. All he seeks is to be free from this drama on earth and be united with the divine. Therefore, a Satchitananda Atma is in the Chit of Sat, in the consciousness of the truth, experiencing Ananda or eternal bliss and living as the Atma or the divine soul. He has a body, but he is not the body. 
he has been able to still his mind and kill his mind and although thoughts appear he's not caught in thought the ego still says i and me but he lives as the enlightened ego thus having transcended the body mind and ego he lives as the atma the divine soul in sachitananda or the eternal bliss that comes from truth consciousness such a blissful one has no fear of death to him death is not a moment of desperation but a moment of celebration for in that moment he will be liberated from the earth and be united with the divine therefore he has no other thoughts except the consciousness of who he is and why he is here nothing in this world and nobody on the planet can influence him or change his realization he has not transformed his life but has gone through a metamorphosis such is the ultimate attribute of sachitananda atma he is no more crawling like a caterpillar but is flying like a beautiful butterfly he has no doubt that when he takes his last breath and his body experiences death he will be free from rebirth and not return to earth nothing else matters to a sachitananda atma he has no relationship on earth and although he seems to have people who consider that they are his family but to him they are all manifestations of the one supreme they are all waves of the same ocean of which he is a part too for him there is no duality he sees everything as divine he realizes that all beauty has divinity all that is unfolding is a leela and all that is appearing is a maya so he enjoys every moment of his life in an ecstasy of bliss and a euphoria of joy and cheer with love flowing as a fountain and divine peace till he is liberated moksha nirvana salvation beyond the eight stages of spiritual awakening moksha is liberation from returning to earth nirvana is being free from the cycle of rebirth salvation can only happen when we lose our breath liberation and unification can only happen at death we need to cross the stages of awakening eight then we will attain god at heaven's gate otherwise we will just suffer as we live and die because we do not realize the truth who am i what lies beyond spiritual awakening what happens when one is enlightened and liberated when one is enlightened he is not just liberated from the triple suffering on earth but is also liberated from the cycle of death and rebirth death is certain every body will die spiritual awakening is the realization that i will never die i am an immortal soul i am not i i am neither the body that will die nor the mind and ego me i create no karma therefore 
In the moment when there is no breath and the body experiences death, I will be liberated and united with the Divine. This is called Moksha, Nirvana or Salvation. What is Moksha? What do the Buddhists mean by Nirvana? What does the Western world understand by Salvation? All these three terms mean becoming one with God. They refer to a state of uniting with the Divine. How can we attain God? How can we become one with the Supreme? As long as we are encapsulated in a body-mind-ego complex, we cannot be united with God. Only when we realize God, when we realize that God is not God, God is Sip, a supreme immortal power, we can be free from the mind and ego, me, and be a soul, a spark of unique life. This is spiritual awakening. This calls for one to evolve through eight stages. When we yearn for the Lord, we seek the truth. Thereafter, we attain divine wisdom and live in union with the divine. Then we reach a state of self-realization. Self-realization is the first platform. After self-realization, one lives in consciousness, transcending the mind and ego. He activates the intellect and attains freedom from ignorance and all misery on earth. He realizes that I am not the body that will die. I am not the mind that I cannot find and the ego is a false identity. I am the Divine Soul. When one lives as the Divine Soul, experiencing eternal bliss in Truth Consciousness, he is still not liberated. He is still alive in the body. As long as we are alive in the body, we are not free from thought. These thoughts can become the mind. So as long as we are alive, we will have an ego, although the spiritually awakened will have an enlightened ego. The eight stages of spiritual awakening lead us past the material world into the spiritual world. However, it is only at the moment of death that we will be ultimately united with Sip the supreme immortal power as we are liberated from karma and the cycle of death and rebirth. At death, one of two things will happen. If a person is not truly enlightened, he will retain his karma by living as the mind and ego and will return to earth in a rebirth. But if a person is spiritually awakened, has transcended the body mind and ego and is living as the divine soul in consciousness, then in the moment of death, such a Satchitananda Atma, who is Jivan Mukta and a Put, will not return to earth in a rebirth. He will be united with the Supreme. Who will be liberated and united? This question cannot be answered in words. This has to be realized unless all the pieces of the spiritual jigsaw puzzle are put in the right place, the 
truth will not be revealed the truth is that we are not what we appear to be we are not the body nor are we the mind and ego me we may have this knowledge but knowledge is not realization when we are spiritually awakened with this truth we will live as the divine soul the soul is intangible it is a spark of unique life therefore only a put who is awakened and locked in consciousness will kill his mind and live as a jivan mukta using his intellect unless one crosses these stages and lives like a liberated soul in consciousness he cannot escape from samsara the cycle of death and rebirth out of the billions alive a very tiny fraction or a very small minority will cross eight stages of spiritual awakening and be liberated and united with sip the supreme immortal power the rest will just live and die because they do not realize who am i they will live as the mind and ego me and create karma and thus will be reborn and this cycle will go on and on so what is the purpose of human existence the purpose of our life is liberation moksha or nirvana our ultimate goal is not just to realize that we are the soul but after having realized the truth that we are a spark of unique life the soul we must go on to realize that we are none other than sip the supreme immortal power our purpose is not just realization which comes from purification and illumination rather our ultimate purpose is liberation from the cycle of rebirth and unification with the divine unfortunately not even one percent of us try to realize what our true purpose is how then will we start a journey of spiritual awakening how will we be enlightened and liberated we will just live and die and the i will return in a new body to suffer again and again this is why beyond the eight stages of spiritual awakening is the goal or the purpose of existence people wonder why did we come to earth why did we take this human birth they do not realize that there is meaning we are meant to realize god man's greatest sin is that he lives thinking that he is a human being having a spiritual experience when in reality he is the supreme having a human experience we do not realize that we are god and god is sip so we are none other than sip that appears as a soul the spiritually awakened one realizes that i am a soul soul is sip i am sip sip is an all these 14 words reveal the essential secret of life but man commits the greatest sin by not realizing this man does not win the ultimate reward of moksha because he commits this sin due to his ignorance he lives as the body mind and ego and the truth that he is sip the supreme immortal power escapes him thus he suffers the triple suffering on earth and returns in a rebirth 
If only man crosses the eight stages and is spiritually awakened, then he can be liberated at death and be united with the Divine, never to return on earth. Otherwise, man will be reborn and his suffering will go on and on. Only a human being is blessed to cross the eight stages of spiritual awakening and attain salvation or liberation. A dog or a frog cannot become a mamokshu. A butterfly, a bee or a tree cannot become a jigyasu. Only you and me can go on a quest and become Bhut, the enlightened one. Why? It is because man is the only living creature who is blessed with a fully developed intellect. Only man can contemplate, meditate and discriminate. Only a human being can realize the truth. Animals, birds, fish and plants are also alive and have a soul, but they are not created for the purpose of attaining enlightenment. They are probably caught in the cycle of samsara and are most likely redeeming their past karma. Till they return to earth in a birth as a human being, only then can they attain moksha. Even amongst human beings, those who are mentally challenged or physically indisposed cannot attain a state of enlightenment, liberation and unification. These people will have to return to earth to make another attempt in attaining the ultimate goal of living as the Divine Soul. Therefore, we must not lose this opportunity. It is a rare opportunity for us to live in consciousness and we must use our power of discrimination to realize the truth that we are manifestations of God. What is the truth? The truth is that we are trapped in this body because of past karma. It is due to karma that we take birth on earth. As long as we continue to create karma, we will be reborn. Therefore, the only way to attain moksha or nirvana is to be free from karma and this happens when we pass through the eight stages of spiritual awakening. Unless there is a deep yearning and seeking, we will never overcome our ignorance and realize that we are the Divine Soul. We will never live in consciousness and achieve our ultimate goal. Every body does karma, but when we are enlightened that we are not me, the mind and ego that drives the body to act, then when the body dies, there is no karma because there is no me. Moksha or Nirvana is as simple as this. Still, we do not realize it. This is because we are caught in thought. We are trapped in samsara, in desires and passions created by our body senses and the mind. It is the eight stages of spirituality that will awaken, enlighten and liberate us. We have to cross the eight stages to realize God and attain moksha or nirvana. The whole world talks about salvation, moksha, nirvana, but how many understand that this can happen only once we have finished crossing the eight stages of spiritual awakening? Some of us do not even start a journey. It is like somebody aspiring to be a swimmer and dreaming to swim across oceans without even jumping into the pool. Unless we start a quest, 
we will not even taste what enlightenment is. A spiritual journey involves several realizations which when put together will light the spark of enlightenment. Most of us are enveloped in the darkness of ignorance. We just believe in the lie and pray to our God in the sky. We never realize that the kingdom of God is within. We are not what we appear to be, made up of bone and skin. We are a manifestation of the power that throbs within. And because we are not awakened to this truth, we do not experience eternal bliss, divine love and everlasting peace. We all want to reach the state of eternal happiness, but instead we suffer. Isn't it the right time to start a journey of enlightenment? Should we not take the first few steps to the initial stages of being a mumukshu, one who has a yearning for the divine, and a jigyasu, the one who is seeking the truth? We do not have too much time. In a flash, we will lose our breath when death will unexpectedly knock at the door. Then it will push us on the floor and the opportunity to be awakened will be no more. We can wake up today and start a quest. We have all that is needed to attain enlightenment. Even the willpower to choose this journey is bestowed upon us. It is for us to choose, otherwise we will lose the opportunity. We are all caught in Maya, the cosmic illusion. We do not realize that whatever is unfolding on this humongous stage called Earth is cosmic drama, Alila. We, who are manifestations of the supreme immortal power, appear as actors on the stage to redeem our karma only because we are not awakened. We have an opportunity to be enlightened and be free from this samsara, this earth stage, but we are enamored by pleasures, possessions and people. So we think life is fun. We do good karma to return to earth. When will we attain moksha or nirvana and be free from samsara, the cycle of rebirth? Afterward, my journey. I too was blind, a slave of my mind. I thought I was everything when I was nothing. I was chasing success, thinking it was happiness, till I realized that bliss comes from consciousness. I started a quest and put all my beliefs to test and overcame the myth that I had grown up with. Stage by stage, I was blessed with the realization and now having liberation, all I seek is unification. After about 10 years of seeking the truth and realizing it, I look back at my journey of spiritual awakening I realized that it is such a struggle for a sincere seeker to realize God. There is so much myth that we grow up with and our mind makes us blind. Not everybody is fortunate to meet in an enlightened master and even if one does, spiritual awakening is not an easy task. Enlightenment is a blessing that is only for a few. So I decided to put together my journey of spiritual awakening and the stages that I went through. This is not a theoretical visualization of the path to spirituality. It is my journey, my personal experience. 
I was a mumukshu for decades, but I did not even know the meaning of mumukshutva, that deep yearning for God that manifested as a deep yearning for liberation. It was only after I was 46 years old that my guru, Tada, provoked me to go on a quest, a talash. My seeking was to find a purpose for my existence. I was exploring new lands. I went to Greenland, Iceland, Finland, New Zealand and others when my spiritual master asked me, is this what you are going to do till you die? When I showed him my pictures with the penguins in Antarctica, he told me, stop wandering here and there and find out who you are and why you're here. My jigyasa and my quest led to several realizations. Today, I realize that if anybody wants to become a Buddha, an enlightened one, then he must pass through the stages that I did, Mumukshu, Jigyasu, Jnani and Yogi. Unless one yearns for the divine and unless one seeks the truth, one will not gain spiritual wisdom and never live in union with the divine. A yogi must live in yoga. I also realized that we are all caught in bhoga or the material world of samsara. For 25 years, I was chasing success to be happy. Little did I realize that success is not happiness. After my talash, I realized that the three peaks of happiness were achievement, fulfillment and enlightenment. I worked hard to be liberated from the triple suffering of the body, mind and ego. I learned the true meaning of yoga and transcended the ignorance that makes one get caught in thought. It was with the guidance of my Guru and the grace of the Divine that I developed the spiritual magic that led me to live in consciousness and realize the truth. Anybody can become a Buddha. It is not impossible, but just being a Jnani or one with wisdom and knowledge is not enough. Unless one lives as a Yogi, yearning and seeking the Divine, he will never be spiritually awakened. After two years of intense spirituality and renouncing everything else, I was blessed with a spark of enlightenment on the 31st of August 2014. For 48 years, I thought I was Ravi, but on this blessed day, when I was in an Air France flight AF192 from Paris to Bangalore, I realized that I was not Ravi. I was the soul or Atma in Ravi, and so I changed my name to Air, Atma in Ravi. This was just the beginning of my awakening. Little did I realize that my enlightenment journey was in reality kindled on this date. I started living the truth that I had realized. I started writing books, singing spiritual songs or bhajans that came to me as a blessing on this spiritual voyage. I evolved from a state of awakening known as Buddh to a state of Stitpragya or living with the intellect over the mind, discriminating thought and not being caught in desires, passions and cravings. I discovered true peace, the very foundation of happiness, just as I lived with the fountain of joy, true love 
that is bliss. The journey of spirituality takes one to a state of Jivan Mukta. In 2014, I had the spark of realization. It was many years later I realized that God was not God. God is Sip, the supreme immortal power that is omnipresent, omnipotent and omniscient. Today, I experience the presence of divinity in all beauty as I feel I am liberated from this world, free from all ignorance and free from the prison of the body, mind and ego. I live as a Jivan Mukta in Satchitananda. Can anybody understand all this? Yes, but it is very difficult. Unless one is a Mumukshu or a Jigyasu, he will not even start the spiritual journey. Awakening is a distant peak. Less than 0.01% of the population will realize the truth because only merely 1% of us start a quest as a Jigyasu. In this book, I have tried to explain the eight stages of spiritual awakening in simple words as I retrospect my personal journey from achievement to enlightenment. For many years, I lived with fulfillment without realizing that my life had a purpose. It was only because of my guru, my spiritual master, that I embarked on this journey of realization. Every body must die, but if we do not discover who am I, we will be reborn and this will go on and on. We will chase pleasure as we try to run away from pain but we will suffer again and again. Not only will we experience misery on earth, but we will return in a repeated rebirth. It is time to start a spiritual journey. It is time to be awakened with the truth. We human beings are the only ones blessed with an intellect. We can discriminate and find a way to everlasting happiness and eternal peace, where all miseries cease. For this, we must be awakened. We must be enlightened with the truth. I feel that I had wasted four decades of my life zooming down the wrong highway. We all do, but some of us are fortunate, maybe because of our good karma or just our love and devotion to the divine. We take an exit and find the road that is less traveled. Only those who start seeking the truth will get to the bottom of the road and be awakened. Do you want eternal happiness? Do you want to discover the true purpose of life? Do you want to experience divine peace? Then start your journey of spiritual awakening. If you have already started the journey, find out where you are and what stage you have reached and how you must evolve to go ahead. A time is limited and it is running out. We must not lose any opportunity. This book is like a GPS that will take you to your destination of realization and liberation. Poem What is life? Why did we come to earth? Why did we take this precious human birth? Is it just to live and then to die? Or to realize the truth of who am I? Everybody who is born will one day be gone. But those who are gone are sure to be reborn. To be free from this cycle, 
we must be enlightened start the spiritual journey and be awakened spiritual awakening happens in stages 1 to 8 then we are enlightened and reach heaven's gate we realize that there is no heaven or hell these are fairy tales that the scriptures tell realize the truth god we cannot find it is our own mind that makes us blind but we can realize god if we go on a quest overcoming ignorance putting our beliefs to test the quest to awaken has stages 8 we must start we must not wait first we must yearn to be one with the lord we must not love the world we must love god then we must go in a search of the truth we must reach the bottom of the road then true wisdom we are sure to find we are the soul not the body or mind mumukshu is spiritual stage 1 when we yearn for the lord the battle is won we seek freedom we seek liberation we search for our god till there is realization the god that we pray to does not live in the sky this is nothing but a blatant lie ultimately we realize god within our lord is not made of bone and skin jigyasu is spiritual stage 2 we seek to overcome ignorance realize what is true a jigyasu starts a talash a quest he's passionate he does not rest who am i why am i here he transcends the mind that causes myth and fear he realizes he's not the body that will die i am the soul he realizes that's who am i that's who am i gyani is spiritual stage 3 he realizes that there is life in a bee and a tree gyani doesn't get knowledge just from a college he goes through purification to get illumination because he is yearning for none other than the divine he is seeking the truth not wealth and wine he is blessed to realize the truth delves within to the soul gets to the root yogi is spiritual stage 4 yoga takes one to the enlightenment door yoga is not exercise for the body and controlling breath it is being united with the divine till death a yogi escapes from bhoga material desire his passion is for god it's his only fire like a sim card to the satellite to the divine he's ever connected till he's enlightened liberated and united bhut is spiritual stage 5 it is awakening it is going high but in this spiritual journey it is not the end it is the peak where we take a bend bhut is that spark show we are enlightened bhut is one who is spiritually awakened now it is time to live the realization till there is liberation and ultimately unification stet pragya is spiritual stage 6 it is stilling the mind that plays all tricks it is a stage of living in consciousness it is being mindful living in thoughtlessness in this state of no thought the intellect we activate every thought that arrives when then discriminate 
One who yearns, seeks, and who to the truth is awakened must live with a steady intellect, not just be enlightened. Jivan Mukta is spiritual stage 7. Mukti is freedom, opening the gates to heaven. One who is free from the body, ego, and mind lives as the divine soul, he is no more blind. He is free from all suffering on earth. At death, he will be free from the cycle of rebirth. But if from his awakening, the Jivan Mukta does slip, the snake will bite him, he has to restart his trip. Satchitananda Atma is spiritual stage 8. No more waiting, one has reached the gate. One has to live through these stages till the last breath. Then one will be liberated in the moment of death. Satchitananda is truth consciousness, bliss. It is a state of eternal happiness. What is the reward? Living like this, everlasting peace, divine love, eternal happiness. What happens after the spiritual stages eight? One transcends all misery, fear, worry and hate. One is free from the ego, body and mind. One has realized God. One is no more blind. If one lives as a Jeevan Mukta till his last moment on earth, he will be liberated at death. There is no rebirth. Then one attains moksha, salvation or nirvana, God. One achieves the goal, becomes one with the Lord. A purpose of life is not to just live and die. A purpose on earth is to find out who am I. We must go on a quest. Why did I come to earth? We must realize, ask, why this human birth? We must live as a put, knowing it's all just a show. Become a Jivan Mukta who doesn't just come and go. We must attain moksha, liberation from earth. It is also called salvation, nirvana, freedom from rebirth. This journey is real. It's not just a story. It's not a mystery. It is my real history. I too was ignorant for many, many years. I loved God, but I lived with tears. Then I went on a quest in search of God. My Guru, my Master, helped me realize the Lord. You too must start the journey. Please don't wait. Don't be late. Get to Heaven's Gate. By Air, Atma in Ravi.